Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, August the 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. A week late. And Robert Kemp. That might have been my fault. Might have been. By might have been, I mean totally my fault. <laughs> Some kind of combination of me not being available on the backup date. Oh, well, I suppose, yeah. But the backup date was a day later than I had originally planned anyway. Because we got, I went away for a weekend and I came back a bit late. Because Noma and I couldn't resist doing our, what seems to now be a tradition of, we travelled halfway across the country during a, you know, in a car. We have to always hit Ikea on the way back. Oh, <laughs> that has to be done. <laughs> kind of. What <laughs> Ikea is that? Uh, so normally it's the one at Lakeside. Oh, yeah. At Thurrock, you know, when you go go the M25 south, uh, just no. past the Dartford yeah. Bridge. The classic. Um, but this time I was in Southampton, so we went to Ikea Southampton. Oh. Just for a change of flavour. <laughs> Why not? How come you're in Southampton? Is that your destination? It was, yeah. We, well, we just... we were, In fairness, it was, it was our anniversary weekend, and we kind of hadn't planned it very well so it was kind of like okay let's find find a nice hotel somewhere that'll mm. do right and so it ended up being in southampton we thought well that's fine we can we can potentially go have a, have a wander around see what's nice i've never it's been an age it's been like 15 odd years since i've been there properly i suppose yeah and and explored it properly um i've, I've been there since then but like kind of only at night and drunk and <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really I mean, help with memories. I was there for years, and that's all I remember, really. <laughs> yeah. It's late at night and drunk. So it kind of turns out that might be a problem, because <laughs> it's not so nice during the day. No. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of, it's too, it's, it's quite a lot like Ipswich in some ways. Yeah, it maybe, is. May, except maybe less nice. I don't know. Well, it's got, you know. It's got a lot uh, of parkland, which is quite nice, I suppose, but. I mean, what it's got over Ipswich is the university, right? Not that I know mm. Ipswich has some students now, but that was really what made Southampton, you know, cool, was that it had a good university and the Solent mm. as well. We saw the yep. students that made it better than Ipswich in that sense. But I wouldn't, if I wasn't a student, I wouldn't want to be there really. No, it's like, well, and some things have changed. Some of the nice things have gone. Some of the buildings are different. Some things have expanded, which looks cool. Other things haven't, and it's so. And there are just things where my memory was completely wrong. Where you just you go see a thing, and you're like, oh, oh, I thought that was bigger, or oh, I thought that was nicer before. What did you uh, <laughs> think was? Well, what was the most different in your well, memory? <laughs> I don't know. I sort of remember there being sort of, sort of, a sort of thing about you, but there's that hotel, the Grand Harbour, right? That's got like the, this big glass pyramid All out right. the front. And for some reason in my memory, I think I may have only seen it at night or something, but it, I remember it being quite nice and being like, oh, inside it's got like, it's maybe a bit like an arboretum or something like that with some trees and stuff. Yeah, it's not that big, as no. it turns out. So it's, there's basically nothing in it, and it's a very brutalist looking building. So, yeah. so Noam and I were like, we wandered over that way, and it was just like, oh, that's really disappointed looking. That's nothing like what we... <laughs> <laughs> it's no knew of it as well and so oh, we really? see it and it's like oh the disappointing pyramid oh okay <laughs> that's what it's now called the pyramid of disappointment yeah yeah it's just so that yeah it just, just was like oh wow that's that's so far off what we remember it's ridiculous i remember um, harbour lights being quite nice but of course that must all be shut i suppose i don't know yeah we didn't see that um 
Um, we, went, we ended up going to the, there's, a, there's a nice pub, the pig in the pig in the wall, right there. Oh yeah. So we had some had some cocktails. Nice. <laughs> what did you go for? I had a um, Georgian princess. Oh, what's in that? It was like a um, lime jitty mojito sort of thing, uh-huh. lime and mint kind of thing. It was really, oh, yeah. really quite nice. Um, yeah, no, but some kind of fruity thing I can't remember the name of. Uh, but it was yeah. I mean, we had an all right time. We wandered over to the Isle of Wight, uh, which was like a bad idea on foot for starters. Take a car. Don't okay. do what we did. Um, you didn't swim over there, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, we took a boat. Okay. Actually, like a couple of times we were on the boat was probably some of the nicest stuff because it's just it was just nice being on the water. I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, I kind of cool. like just being on a boat, just watching the world go by, yeah. watching what what is. I never noticed the chemical plant zone is right there, like next to Southampton. There's just like there's just like an island or something, like a landmass. There's just a huge chemical plant with like fires burning out of chimneys. Right. It's like I don't I don't remember that. <laughs> what what is of, that like? I think it's like exactly. I think it is a chemical plant, just as, oh, like okay. or maybe oil refinery or I don't know. Or I something. thought they were all up in like Scotland. I remember yeah, those I from know. around you know the Firth of Forth where. My granddad used to live. There was like ter- gas, oil and gas terminals for the North Sea. You wouldn't think Southampton would be the place. I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of it. Anyway, it's, well, it's something. There's fire in the sky. Um, uh, but I have to, yeah, so that, that was nice. Also, you know, where you landed the Isle of Wight is a bit weird. So the, so the main boat where the cars go on lands in East Cows, which as mm. it turns out, has absolutely nothing. It's like... <laughs> It's not really the place to go. What you really want to do is go to West Cows over the river, where there's like some nice fancy boutique shops and some pubs and things, and it's like right. a nice little nice little town. Um, yeah, don't go East Cows. And all the nice stuff. Do you have to walk well, over there's, there? There's, there's, there's normally there's a chain bridge or a oh, chain okay. boat sort of crossing thing, um, uh, but that wasn't running. So the, the, they were just there was just this little tiny boat that was just going back back and forward across the across the thing uh yeah yeah so it was i don't know it was, it was a bit if i'm honest it was a bit of a mixed bag of a of a, of a yeah. trip but our hotel was really nice so that kind of oh, made it yeah that's so good was, you get some uh, room service <laughs> we didn't get room service but we had oh. our meals there nice and, uh, yeah some some killer pizza um of course Naturally, and uh, you know, it had gin and complimentary gin and sherry just right there. I'm like, <laughs> don't mind if I do. <laughs> wow, uh, we have to go buy some tonic <laughs> because it's like, oh, all right, we've got the gin, but we haven't got any tonic. All right, we'll better go get some. That's how they get you, stiff you, give yeah. you free gin, stiff you <laughs> free on the gin. tonic. <laughs> no, there was a cop like downstairs, oh, okay. so we, went, we got some, got some from there, got some fever tree from there. Convenient, nice. But yeah, uh, the yeah, hotel was really nice. Um, was it the, the, not the Grand? Don't get confused. It's not the Grand Harbour. It's just the Southampton Harbour Hotel. It's kind of shaped like a boat itself, which is kind oh. of cool. I was reminiscing yeah, you know. a bit about Southampton this week with because um, uh, someone was telling me um, from work that I met with on, on Tuesday about their like favourite pub. And I was like, I don't know what my favourite pub would be, but I was like... Hmm, well, there's the Hobbit, and he and he'd been to Southampton like uh, like the mm. uh, like a year or two before we had or whatever, and like, right. yeah, so it descended into a whole conversation about the Hobbit, and then 
clowns and jesters and manzels and <laughs> just yeah, the like whole Beauvoir Valley of, area. of, of yeah. Studentville. Yeah. Oh, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. It's not my favorite. I don't know. What, I don't think I have a favorite pub, but like that is a standout pub. I don't think I, yeah. No, I don't, think... I don't know that I do. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I've ever been enough of a, a pub dweller, I suppose, to have a, have a place, you know, have a usual. A local. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd had them in Southampton, but it would probably be because it was like a crawl. You know, you'd go to the Stag's Head and then you'd go walk down and you'd end up end up at the Hobbit. And then if you kept going, you'd end up in town. Might 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 pop in the dungeons for in the dinge. Yeah. Orange. Oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> I mean, I mean, justice was terrible, but that was just as bad. The the fifty those... snake bite nights. 50 quad vods in the uh, chest in jesters chesticles <laughs> chesticles yeah uh, horrible but the walls are spiky for some reason <laughs> yeah why so... would you do that i don't know got... you're leaning on them <laughs> no they really don't if you're too drunk to stand up then you get spiked <laughs> oh, i think their staff were too drunk to clean the toilets <laughs> that was the problem with that place it was gross but 50p snake bites, so, you know. There was a lot of variety, I think, actually. I've forgotten about the dungeon. That was another good one for, you know, if you wanted the rock sock kind of vibe, you go to that yeah, one. Yeah. There were tons of them along that street. I, I was reminded that where the, so where well. the Isle of... Yeah, where the, well, I was reminded where the Isle of Wight fairies were. Like, I think there used to be a place called Deck 21 around there somewhere. Unit that was like a was super... Yeah, oh, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like a super heavy, he, that super was like heavy a metal and industrial yeah. place. I went there. Which, yeah. which was cool. Um I also was reminded of the Orange Bar. Do you remember the Orange Bar? Uh, I think was that a cocktail place? No, kinda. It was like it was like a, I don't know, like almost a it had a jazz sort of look about it. But it, like whenever we were in there, they seemed to only be playing Porter's Head. Oh, okay, yeah, standard. <laughs> but it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> People from they Bristol had moved over. <laughs> Yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, all that stuff. We didn't really do any of that because no. <laughs> no. um, we, weren't, we weren't really there to do that sort of stuff. We didn't no. wander in West Key, even though West Key looks a lot bigger than it once did before. Um, they've like added a restaurant air, like stretch that I don't think was there before. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and, may, and maybe a new cinema or something on all of that. Like, you know, like, yeah, I have no idea how old that is, but it's like I don't remember any of it. Um, yeah. That was a that's that's why I was not here. Wifely duties. <laughs> duties fulfilled. Pizza eaten. Mm-hmm. Mm. What have you been pizza. up to, Zeg? Nothing. <laughs> Got my car <laughs> shit done. Oh yeah. Which I haven't had the actual bill yet, but it may be slightly more expensive this year because they may have finally fixed the fucking handbrake. <laughs> Wow. Well, the trouble is they might not have actually like fixed the problem it had. And they may have fixed a different problem because the problem is it always gets stuck. Like it's real sticky, especially if you've parked it on the hill for a while. Maybe in the winter, it can mm. get quite stuck. But what they fixed is basically like retensioning it to make it work better. So like you can't pull the handle up nearly as far any longer. And I'm like, is that going to help with the sticking? Probably not. <laughs> mm. I mean, no. I 
I mean, I always found that with cars of that sort of age, when you know, yeah, when they tighten it, it's just it's always, yeah, you can't you can't pull it as far just in general, and then and, you know, it doesn't take long for it to loosen a bit. Yeah, but whether that will help the sticking or not, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. But that probably won't be too expensive, probably. Well, maybe it pulls it away from the bit that we're sticking further up. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like better in both in the engaging and under unengaging direction or something. Maybe because you have to stretch it more to get it into a decent place, you've got to put more effort to actually pull it up. But you know, the the, the tension actually pulls it out of the stuck place, I guess. And then Maybe. the other problem problem that I had with my car was a problem that I sort of knew about, but became a problem immediately before I had to take it to the MOT. Naturally, which I guess is the best time <laughs> to have problems. <laughs> but well, like, yeah, because you can get it all fixed at once. It's great. Yeah. The, button for the hazard lights was like super loose so if you just slightly nudged it it would pop out and <laughs> apparently whatever was barely holding it in just completely failed pretty much immediately as i got in the car to drive to the MOT. <laughs> so i just had to tape the button down while i was driving down there and they'd be like yeah you yeah, i guess you need to fix this now <laughs> oh yeah yeah See, I, I kind of, there's something about, like, I, I prefer problems like that with cars, where there's something tangible. Whereas well, yeah. it's like, like, my one at the moment has an issue that I'm going to have to get sorted. And I've already MOT'd my car, like, a few weeks ago, which is frustrating. Uh, and, and uh, I've, you know, my car's got the um, tire deflation sensors. And right. they now constantly, the, the warning came on on, on, on last weekend. On, on all that stuff uh, and it's like oh god better go see what this is about check all the tires they're fine uh-huh. there is nothing wrong with my tires there's nothing deflating it's just some sort of sensor problem so the light is like permanently on now saying like your oh. tires are buggered and i'm like no they're not <laughs> oh, that's annoying so i've got to take it in to get that sorted false positives on the dash yeah, false negatives, I guess, in this case. I mean, that's oh, yeah. what I've, I've always had that with my freaking airbags to light, which is always on. But, uh, you know, I, well, after I put that through MOT, they were like, yeah, we can't actually fix that, but it's not a failing fault, so live with it. <laughs> Just have a light. <laughs> Just live with it. Oh, I've got a little bit of extra illumination on my dash. That's nice. That's nice. But, you know, I mean, in, in your car's case, like, that's more likely to be in, like, a, you know, your, it's all computers in your car, whereas in my car, it's probably just like a fucking wire has fallen off somewhere in amongst all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could still be that. It could still be, like, the wire that's attached to a sensor is missing, and that's why it's... But, oh, but there's supposedly a different message if there's an actual fault. Like, it's supposed to know when there's a failure in the deflation system. Hmm. Apparently not. Bet hope it doesn't have to be like replacing the actual sensors or something. No, I bet it will be because that'll be a pain in it. Yeah, that'll be a pain in the ass because I'll have to take the tires off and it'll probably be inside the hub somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. But it wouldn't be the most expensive job I've had to have done on that car. <laughs> so that's fine. What's been the worst thing? Um, had to have the heating matrix replaced last year. I think I might have talked about it on this podcast because I had there was a whole. I had to keep get, it went back like three or four times because they kept messing it up. Mm. It's really annoying. They flooded my car once, so that was fun. 
<laughs> what the engine or the whole car? <laughs> no, just the, just the actual floor of the car. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so something leaked out of the matrix because it had a leak. That was the problem. My heat matrix had a leak, and so it was losing water and coolant fast. Um, uh, but it was a it wasn't a hole in any of the pipe work. It was a hole somewhere in the weird grid thing. Mm. I, I, I don't even know. Maybe maybe it's just a fancy word for what we would call the radiator now in a car, but they refer to it as the heat matrix. Okay. Um, but, so whatever, they had to replace that, which is fine, but it was an expensive part and it's an expensive job because all the pipe work that goes to it has to be replaced at the same time, apparently. Mm. Um, I'm using air quotes and as I'm yeah. saying apparently and yeah. uh, being all like, ugh, mechanics. Um but yeah, as part of that, they didn't actually fix the leak the first few times. They tried replacing it, and so one time it just leaked all over the inside of my car. Good job, guys. Great job. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> you had one job, and it's your job. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you can't get it right every time. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's been what's going on. What's going on, Dan? Uh, very little. No cars to break down here. <laughs> uh, someone in my street has got a Tesla Model Three, which is kind of cool, but I don't know how they charge it because there doesn't seem to be any charges on the street. I haven't seen. Yeah, any I know someone with a three. Go over to it. That's pretty cool. Who do you know with a three? Uh, my mate Jay. Mm-hmm. How's he He's finding got- it? He's only driven it once, I think. Cause, oh, right, okay. Because <laughs> reasons. There's a, there's, a, there's a whole thing. Um, Fair enough. Curry's all about here, but yeah. This is a nice looking thing. Oh. Yeah, they're cool looking. Yeah. Oh, man, lockdowns. I went on the tube yesterday for the first time since March or something. Uh, you face masked up? Yeah, face masked up the yin yang. I hate those things. Yeah, they're really annoying. I truly Especially... hate those things. Because like, I'm bad anyway with like heat, obviously. And of course, those things just make your beard super hot. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, like so you get horribly sweaty in, inside this thing. And it's like it's horrendous. And like, it, I, I don't know if you've been with me when I've had that, when I've had that minor claustrophobic reaction I sometimes get on the tube mm. in like on a hot day and it's like packed and I, I yeah. sort of get a bit freak out. And it's like the mask starts to trigger that sometimes. Like I could be in a wide open space and it's just that feeling of having being enclosed around my mouth just starts starts triggering it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, I really don't like this. Oh man, that sucks. I just need to find one that doesn't feel hot around my face, which is kind of the problem, right? Because your your own breath, you're supposed to be stopping your own breath from getting everywhere. Yeah. So your own breath is heating your face. Maybe... Maybe you should shave more. I don't know whether the, whether <laughs> more hair or less hair would be good. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because like a bit of me like thinks that maybe my beard is holding the mask slightly further away from my face. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so like the the air can actually seep out the bottom. Like <laughs> that's like kind of defeating the purpose of the mask, maybe. Or does the hair like also catch virus? <laughs> but there's, there's also the the extra problem that I wear glasses. Yeah, so while I'm, me too. So while I'm wearing those, it's like the hot air tends to vent out the top, no matter how close you try and pinch it to your face. And so I can't see anything. You can't really see. Yeah, <laughs> I have to like take my glasses off when I'm wearing the mask, then I can't see properly. 
but so it's better supposedly, than having totally fogged up vision. Yeah, supposedly if you're like if you plan ahead, you can do the scuba diver trick, right, and put some put some washing up liquid on on your <laughs> on your on your glasses, and they won't fog up. Oh. I haven't tried it yet, but that's supposedly the trick. I don't know. It's all a big faff. Yeah. Yeah, I had to wear the mask when I went down to the charity shop to do some of the electronics, but this was before they'd reopened. So I only I only had to wear the mask that one time. But apparently, I haven't gone down since, but apparently it might be full on like gloves as well, maybe even like a tunic type thing. What, just working in the charity shop? Yeah, just just even in the upstairs. I guess it's because you're dealing with a lot of stuff. And yeah, a lot of random people stuff. From. Yeah. But, but they've but, already I mean, implemented a like two day quarantine on new stuff coming in. So like it mm. you don't even interact with the new stuff for two whole days, it just has to stay there. That's enough yeah. time for it to die, I'm sure. I think so, yeah. For most surfaces, I think that's true. Yeah. That seems a little over dramatic, but there you go. Guess you can't be too careful. I'm used to wearing protective stuff, I guess. I've been yeah, in labs true. enough to, to not worry about that. I know the proper mm. protocol for putting on and taking off gloves. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've actually got to go into work tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. It's going to be how, a weird experience. I've got to have a come? health and safety induction and everything. Oh, yeah. hardware reasons. I need I need bits of kit that Actual I kit. Haven't, haven't got here. Um, and I'm hoping I can just get in, do the thing I need to do, get and then not, not, not have to go in again. Yeah. Not that I don't want to be back at the office. I kind of do. Because you know that sweet air conditioning. Oh, yeah. apparently, apparently, we're apparently we're still allowed it because it's not a recycle type. It's like fresh in, fresh out, so that they can still have it on at work, which is great. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of don't, as I've said before, I don't enjoy this working from home malarkey. And I've had some people like messaging me today, going, "Oh man, this working from home stuff's great," and I'm like, "Try it for five years, it won't be." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've done your time, really, with remote working, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can't say I'm a fan. I've been doing it only six months. Or how My office is a mess now as well. It's like a lot of disaster zone. I'm wondering whether this will be, this combined with climate change obviously happening, will finally make the, the British buy air conditioning units for their, for their homes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm, whole, I'm, I'm, isn't the whole I'm point more of a climate change that we're going to actually get colder though? In theory. Well, yeah, but we've had like record highs, haven't we, for the past mm. yeah, for three, now, four summers? The, I, the theory is the you know the ice is going to go into the Gulf Stream, and we're just going to get we're going to get co- as cold as we should be at this latitude. Right. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for this. Though. No. I'm all yet. for. I'm all for this thing, like uh, that. You know, that if more people want to work from home, they should though. Sure, yeah. Like that, because that side of it's great. Because it's I'll be honest, like the amount I'm using my car now yeah. is ridiculously low yeah. compared to what it was. It's yeah, like I'm, that's I'm, good. I'm, and yeah, that's a great thing. Good really. for the planet. And it's yeah. like if, if more and more people are in the position to work from home and they want to work from home, yeah. great. That's going to cut a hell of a lot of emissions down. Well, hmm. I mean, it is balanced by different electricity usage like i wonder well, if true. like commercial grade like air conditioning and stuff is probably more efficient than everyone being air conditioned in their own house <laughs> but that's probably. america sure but america is its own problem 
in terms of emissions. <laughs> no, you should have just stopped there. <laughs> America's its own fault. Well, yes, that also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to suddenly get air conditioning in their home straight away, but I think it might happen more more often. Yeah, maybe, given given the highs we've been having. <laughs> I mean, it's been many, many years of people always saying that, and it's like, yeah, but it's only that hot for like one week, <laughs> a year. Even there's more of those, there's more of those little units you can get now. But yeah. I don't know if they're proper air conditioners, really. But there's more of those that can be, yeah, um, that are, you know, more, more readily available. I should say. I know, I know a couple of people with proper big ass ones as well. That you know, the type where you need to stick a hose out your window. Right. Um, That's the only type. If it doesn't have a thing that goes out the window, it's not an air conditioner. I know, but I mean like a proper big ass hose. Like like when you've got like um you know, like how tumble dryers tend to have like this ginormous pecking hose you have to put somewhere. Um Yeah, a bit like those. You know, big old units. Because my dad came home and said like he was talking about how grandma's got a new air conditioner and it's like it's clearly not an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just falsely marketed as an air conditioner. Was it one of those weird ones you're supposed to like dampen a bit of fabric or something? Yes, that's a swamp, air. but that's not an air conditioner. Right, yeah. I've seen a lot of those about. <laughs> that's what everyone would you gets call it a, a, Would you call it a swamp cooler? Yeah, that's what they're called. It's because it's like, it's not actually, you know, cooling. And it's only, it's effectively just a device that puts sweat on you. <laughs> that's what a swamp cooler is. <laughs> Okay. It moistures, puts moisture onto the air as it goes through, and then it blows that onto you, and then it evaporates, and then that gets rid of the heat from you. And it's just like it's mm. not really healthy, and it's also making your room more humid. Yeah, yeah. Because presumably that's good great. if it's like a dry heat or something. But well, like, we yeah, don't, that's don't why that's that. why they use those in like desert areas or whatever oh, swamp coolers. But then you know, air conditioning actually takes the water out of the air as well as cooling it down. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Which, I've discovered like there's like there's definitely a uh, a difference in fans you can get as well. Like there are certain fans that seem to have way more of a cooling effect than others. And I haven't quite figured out why because I've got like I've bought a lot of I bought several fans. This oh year. really? Several more fans. Well, just little ones, just little desk fans, so I can have something like so I don't have to move my giant ass Dyson around so much. Um, uh, I've got these little like um, they're like bullets, I suppose, bullet fans. Um, just just a cylinder. And uh, they're super cheap. Um, and they've basically got like PC fans in them. <laughs> you know, they, mm. um, but those don't have very, they, you know, they blow air about, but they don't have much of a cooling effect, which is weird. So I've got this other one that's more of a traditional fan fan, you know, blade fan that's a bit bigger, mm. um, not made with computer fans. And for some reason, that thing has way more of a cooling effect than these. Um, than these bullet fans. I don't quite know why. And my Dyson has way more of a cooling effect, just with the air it kicks out as well. I don't, I don't quite know what the difference is. Like it's clearly not power that's important. I mean, the Dyson might be doing it because it's got a filter and stuff. And I'm wondering if the filtration action is doing something to. I have no idea, honestly. What I'm saying is, I have no idea how this works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there must be a bit multiple factors right i've got the dyson little pure cool me or whatever it's called which has the purifier that's the one on my desk that seems to work for me mm. that's been helpful i've had it on all day quite a lot yeah time. Mine, mine's getting some serious use at the moment 
I have to remember to turn it off when I'm leaving the room because it's like that's probably just heating up the room when I'm not there to have the <laughs> air blow on me. Yes, <laughs> that is the other problem of just fans. It's like they don't technically cool the room either. No, <laughs> they no. actually heat the room up. This is true. It's very noticeable on my fan if you leave it on the highest setting for a long time. Like you can actually physically, if you put your hand near the back, you're like, that is very hot. Mm. <laughs> you still have a tower fan, Zach? No, I just have this little circle, circular. It's like a traditional stand fan, except it's on like more like a U, oh, a U right. bend bit of metal, so it just angles uh, only vertically rather than turning. But I just have it sitting on my windowsill directly next to me with the open window behind it. So Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a good idea, yeah. Just sort of encourage the when it's when there's no wind. Yeah, and on the, some occasions when, like, during the morning when the inside of the house is cooler, you turn it around and blow the heat out. <laughs> yeah, convenient. <laughs> Should that actually work? Well, I mean, if the outside is hotter than the inside, then you might as well <laughs> just... Continue to blow the small amounts of extra heat outwards. That has happened occasionally. Although the problem with my bedroom is I have very thick curtains. So they, during the night, if you, with, even with the windows open behind the curtains, it still gets very hot. Mm. That's where I'm using my little, my little bladed fan. Actually, it's sat on my bedside table at the moment, where it's just. It can just blow straight onto my face. Oh, as you sleep. Yeah, Not worried about quite nice. fan death, are you? <laughs> what, where is fan death? We're not in it's Korea. like this stupid South Korean conspiracy theory where they're, they, if you all fans sold in South Korea have timers on, so they switch themselves off because there's this conspiracy theory that they will like suck all the oxygen out of the room and kill you, which is total bullshit. What? Yeah, they have some kind of national complex about it. It's really weird. How? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, but... how? <laughs> it's the same. It's basically the same conspiracy theory as the one where like cats kill you during the if you right. let them come on, if you let them climb on your face during the line, or like the number oh, of spiders what, you, you, you su swallow or whatever. Oh right, yeah, yeah. The, what? What? Because they suffocate you because they sit on your face. Cats. I, yeah, I think I don't know if it's because they sit on you or it's like something to do with cats breathing in the vicinity of your face in the same way as a fan would blow air away from your face. <laughs> so what, you and the cat are sharing this small pool of air and yeah. you're eventually suffocating each other. The cat yeah. would die first, surely. Well, hmm, I don't know, would it? I mean, it's, like, it's smaller, it... so it should need less oxygen. Well, Maybe. yeah, mate, that's a good point, actually. Or are we, or are we using more, more of the oxygen that the cat needs quicker? Like, yeah, that's a good question. Would you? Or would you just go at the same time? Let's put two people in a sealed room and see what happens. With a cat. <laughs> that was a cat. That was the important. Just two people. The cat has become irrelevant <laughs> this test. The cat's just standing outside this glass box, staring you down, <laughs> judging you. You're in the vicinity of a cat. It's a perfect experiment, then. It's nothing to do with the airflow. It's just in the vicinity of a cat. <laughs> that would be the, be the best, like, completely blind test, where it's just like, you have you have two rooms that are just sealed off from, e from each other and from the outside world with a person in, and one of them has a cat standing outside. The close vicinity of this room caused something to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know what you're testing for. It's just, just something. No, it's just, just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just see what happens. 
we noticed a 50% increase in smiles and lols in the cat-based box. <laughs> Even though they couldn't actually see the cat, they just could feel the cat. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe there's a bit of paranoia. Maybe it was ceiling cat. <laughs> Is it time for news? <laughs> Probably. I think it might be time to talk about video games. Video games. What what's going on in the world? Well, let us start with Sony doing a state of play thing because they did one of those. PlayStation was it this time? I mean, it wasn't super exciting, but it's not the worst thing in the world. It wasn't a Nintendo indie, at least. No, it wasn't. That was which which also happened and. Uh, yeah, it was, was a little underwhelming, to say the least. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they, they had some stuff. Um, quickly rattle through it. Um, uh, cra- they showed some gameplay of Crash 4, It's About Time, um, which is due out in uh, October 2nd this year, so not very far away. Um, I think this is the same team that, have ma- that made that recent you know, remake, effectively, of the original three games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they kind of, kind of, they should know what they're doing, basically. <laughs> they should have an engine. <laughs> yeah, they should have an engine. Um, and it looks like, yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting from the perspective that they are making very much a traditional crash game. It doesn't look like they're changing too much, really. No, like, I mean, that's what everyone so, wants. I mean, yeah, which is which is, it's kind of brave in a way if you think about it, because not a lot of retro games of you know that you know you're nostalgic about really hold up when you put them on when you try and make a new one just like that we see a lot of indie projects i suppose that have been like oh we're trying we're doing a game like like you know like you remember and then you actually play it and you go yeah this is exactly like i remember we've moved on <laughs> we've right. got better stuff now yeah but i think um, i think people want the specifically weird badness of how crash actually used to work yeah sometimes that's very true yeah um i'm not i was i've, I've never been like super I have played a few of the Crash games. I played, you know, back in the day, I played a couple of the originals. But it's—I uh, wouldn't say I was super into them, or I played a huge amount of them, so I have a huge affinity for it. But they were fun, at least they were okay. They—they—they um, they, they sound like they're adding some some stuff to it that seemed like um, you know the skins you can unlock. There's no DLC, by the way, to this. There's, there's just like, but you can now customize your characters based on your performance, and there's a a new game plus mode that dramatically changes each level. And this is actually kind of cool, actually, I thought. It's like, yeah, you can play the game once and you can have the stage as normal, but we're going to spoil new game plus mode because what it does is it changes every world into something different. Like, we'll put an art effect on the level or this entire level will now be played underwater, changing the physics of how it actually functions and things like that. So it's not just another run-through. It's like a weird one run-through. And it's like, all right, that's actually a fairly decent way of getting replayability out of this, I think, because you're going to want to see what the next world is like, having, you know, what they've done to it. Um, and there's also like a little, they were saying, it's, there's, there's, you can play as, they, did they say they could play as Neocortex or something? Oh, no, anyway, yeah, there's, there's one, of the, one of the old bad guys has his own little mini campaign now as well, or something like that. And it's... From what I could tell from the trailer, the the voiceover is him 
still being evil and then you also play as him i mean i guess is it like it's it, is it like a parallel thing where it's like here's what's going on from his perspective <laughs> yeah i get the impression it's some sort of side story a little bit like how bowser is in like the paper mario games yeah. i guess anyway yeah i don't think it looked bad it's just, i'm just surprised at how original crash it looked i guess uh hitman 3 they didn't show us anything really about the any of their new stuff or their new uh, new things, except for saying that hey, the entire trilogy is going to be um, in in Hitman Three, effectively in the same way that they did with Hitman Two, bringing in Hitman One content. Hitman Three is going to have all the previous um, uh, content brought into it, um, and also they're adding a VR mode, a P- a P- specifically a PS VR mode um, to all of it to all of it somehow <laughs> all of it all of it okay how vr is it first first person at all like in those games how does it i mean it wasn't but it is now yeah okay i mean there might have been some first person aiming maybe, yeah there was but... probably some sniper scope at some point i imagine yeah <laughs> at least but i mean in theory the way that game well the real question is whether it will for all the stuff like throwing things where you where you not used to get like an aim line and it would automatically lock on to people and stuff are they going to keep that or are they going to make you actually try and aim in vr mm. <laughs> like actually hold your hand up as if you're about to throw a knife or a can of beans or whatever like because <laughs> <laughs> that would make it like kind of cool or if you could have that as an option maybe like make it more realistic, uh, mm. not just from a VR perspective. <laughs> Use those move controllers to chuck a knife across the room. Yeah, I wonder that if might actually some, like... even let you do more advanced stuff than the standard like lock-on targeting. I mean, maybe, but I wonder if they'd like when you're having to do a mechanic like that, that you'd have to have some sort of like so you're doing the gesture. But it's effectively do it, like easing some of the throw to be like, okay, you gestured in the direction of this guy, so well, we perhaps adjust the horizontal aim a bit so it so it hits him. I um, guess it just depends on how hardcore you want it. That should be an option yeah. as well, just like yeah, I guess. auto aim toggle. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see what that is, even if I'm not a huge hitman. You know, I'm, I'm not too interested in playing those games, but they are pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> be interesting to see what comes out of it uh braid that thing you know soldier boy's favorite <laughs> it's getting a uh anniversary edition which um which is basically an up it's the same game but it's getting a the, the 4k treatment with new completely new drawn art well in the same style I in, in the same in the same style but it's completely redone okay. um there's there's some areas that do look a tiny bit different. There's some more um, like there's a more dynamic look to some of the art, like it's being constantly painted over sort of effect. Um, so you know live art. Um, yeah, you know Braid's a good game. It's no bad thing that they're, that they're doing this. It looks kind of cool. If you, yeah. I thought about it, it's like like okay, does this benefit? Like, is this of interest to people without 4K? Like, is there any reason for this particularly? And I'm like. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, because I think the original was was designed for 720, 
right? Because it's one of the early Xbox arcade games and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, this, yeah, this probably wasn't designed or probably wasn't originally created with very high res art by today's standards. They probably did need to go and redo it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was nice looking, you know, 2D art for the time. But mm. yeah. But if you, yeah. If, when you, if you blow it up now, it's probably going to look a bit fuzzy just because of, well, not just because of how it was made, because that's the primary problem, but they probably don't have that art in high enough detail for it. Yeah. Interesting. Cool that they're doing it, though. Uh, we got a bit of a, a longer look at the Pathless, which we've seen before, um, which is, uh, I don't know, it's really, I'm, I have a hard time describing this. So it's, you're, you're a ninja-y type person, an archer, um, that's, that can shoot your arrows at these red sort of, uh, I guess they're talismans, they're more like, like, sort of like the lucky charm things you get in a lot of Japanese culture, you know, sort of little red hanging things. Um, but these just seem to be hanging randomly about the environment. Um, but every time you shoot those, you build up a dash meter. Um, and that's your primary way of getting about, because the area looks pretty large. And so you need your dash meter in order to traverse it quickly. So you're like sliding along the ground, aiming up your shot on the next one, shooting the thing to build more dash to keep running. So like traversing the environment is kind of an active experience. You're not just running around it. You're having to right. shoot and do things as you, as to get around, which looks kind of cool. Um, you've got an eagle friend so you, that you can power up and uh, pet and clean and all that kind of stuff. So that, uh, that will help you uh, get about certain places a bit easier. Uh, they made a bit of a deal that the game has no map. So if you want to go places, you've got to get up somewhere high, scope out where you're going to go, and then go there yourself. You've got to do it through line of sight, um, which I think is kind of cool. Until I get lost, I'm sure. Then I think it's very not cool. Uh, yeah, and there's just there's environmental puzzles to solve. There's some big creatures. Um, I've, got, I've got a little bit of a Shadow of the Colossus vibe from it, in that it seems like the area has been taken over by a number of large creatures, and the idea is you have to take them down in order to restore life to this this part of the world. Um, yeah, it looks all right. Uh, out this year. Uh, Splunky 2 looks a lot like Splunky to me. Is that similarly like uh, we need 4K assets for this game, so let's call it Splunky 2? I don't even know, really. It just looks exactly like Splunky to me, except I didn't really, I guess I've never really paid too much attention to the original either, but that game looks hella fast. Yeah, it is. It's also like. I guess the main reason to make a Splunky 2 is the original was also like hella tiny. It really only had like a very limited tile set. I mean, there was four or five levels, and then each of those levels was made of these like tiles. And there probably was only like, I don't know, 16 different tiles, and you see like nine at a time or whatever. It was like, it was a really small game mm-hmm. that was, you know, not complicated either. You could get through it. I mean, there were secrets and all that, you know in the Binding of Isaac-esque style or whatever, you run through it multiple times and you learn more ways to progress into like the special secret endings and all that stuff. But The mysteries of the shop. Yeah. It definitely wasn't... The shortcuts and all that. Definitely wasn't a big game. So, I mean, I can see why they'd make it to at this point. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if you could 
yeah, but if, did you see that, Zach? Did you, can you see? Did you see anything that was? I mean, there, well, must, there must be a ton of new stuff, right? But it's just, it's yeah. just hard for me to tell. I mean, it's, it's the graphical style is clearly based on the the you know the newer version, not the original original. Because <laughs> the original wasn't it, well, I, I, it wasn't. I don't think it was a flash game, but it might as well have been. <laughs> Like a Newgrounds project or something. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it actually was. I think it was like a little mini standalone program at one point. But then they made that version for, I guess, the 360 was the, that where that graphical style came in. Right. Oh, right. Okay. But yeah, it seems like similar to that, but, you know, it's higher res, I guess, <laughs> and more stuff. So I'm sure everyone will still be enthusiastic. But it, you know, remains to be seen how much more stuff. How big is it this time? Mm. I mean, and how that's expensive always... is it for that price? That well, amount yeah. of content, I guess. That's always going to be. That's always the trick with a roguelite, and like with a roguelike or roguelite in general, is just like, okay, how much can happen to me? Yeah. How how varied is this experience? Because really, the, I, if you're talking about it in the like roguelite kind of way, the problem with Spelunky is it like it had a very limited kind of optimal set of stuff that you wanted. Like you, it was only really like you wanted the shotgun and the rocket and the jetpack, and there wasn't really like other options. There was you couldn't like make different successful builds very easily. Hmm. So it like kind of limited its replayability in that aspect. It's not like Isaac, where there's a goddamn million items, but you can make them work if you know how they combine together. It was much more, you were just hoping to get lucky and get the, the good stuff. <laughs> the thing isn't Isaac mostly like, you don't really know what you're getting until you pick it up, though? Well, or I mean... Can, can some of it, can, you can tell before you pick it up. If you know what the icon is, is is more Isaac is more a matter of like learning, either by just reading the wiki for a long time, or just looking it up on the wiki as you go, or just playing it enough to like remember everything. But once you know what what is what, you can be like, oh, I don't want that. That's just that's not going to work for me. <laughs> so that's what, that's the problem with Isaac's system, I guess. It's it's a lot of either knowledge retention or just looking up knowledge. Mm. Whereas if you go to like Gungeon or whatever, you just pick up everything because it doesn't matter because you can, you just, the guns you just keep. And if you get a passive item you don't want, you can just drop it. Mm. Yeah, Neon Abyss takes that approach as well, where it's like pretty much more is more. Just, just always be picking it up. Even if it's like has some disadvantages you might not enjoy at first, it's like, it's like, well, generally you're getting more powerful with everything you pick up. Uh, right, yeah, so there was that. Um, there was Genshin Impact, um, which looked a hell of a lot like Breath of the Wild if you then replaced the characters with classic anime ladies. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Link, Link's too much of a normal looking character for me. I need more anime in this. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. Here's that game. If you want to take hyperdimension Neptunia and throw some Breath of the Wild on it, here's what you get. Um, Blow up those anime eyes. Make them as mm, big as possible. Make them big. Um, I don't mean that in a negative way. The game actually looks kind of kind of good, oddly. Um, I mean, we haven't quite got through the phase of 
Breath of the Wild knockoffs just yet. <laughs> no, I mean we had There's a lot. There's been several. Was it was it the wholesome direct or one one of those indie directs we had a few weeks ago where there sounded like that there was another couple in that vein coming from indie developers as well. And there's that Ubisoft game that looks like it probably might be their attempt. Right, yeah, the sort of fantasy gods and monsters or whatever it was called. Something like that, yeah. That might be it. Uh, yeah, so there's that. We got a look at um, something called Eon Must Die. Eon or Aeon, you know that yeah, yeah. AE spelling. Um, uh, that has a killer art style. Has to be said, like really sort of nice-looking, cartoony, dark cartoon kind of thing. But I'm not quite sure what the game is. It looks looks a bit like a beat 'em up, I think. Like a standard like brawler, I guess. But like I don't know. It's hard to tell. But but man, some good art. Looks funky. Want to see what that actually is? Um, uh, we've got another. We've got a slightly longer look at Anno Mutation M, which is something I picked out a few weeks ago from some other. Might have been a Nintendo thing, but it was in a. It was only shown in a montage, so we only got a few seconds look at it. And I thought, oh, that was that's an interesting looking game. Slightly less interesting looking now. I think now I've seen a bit more of it. It didn't seem quite so refined. Looked a bit, a bit ropey, I guess, around the edges. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, uh, who knows? It's one of those where you're not, you can't tell till you get your hands on it type things. Uh, but out this year, December, um, we got a look at Bug Snacks, like a bit more, bit more actual gameplay. I think this time, where you appear to be a journalist thrown oh. onto this bizarre island of right. people who eat bugs that are actually foods. But then the process of eating these bug snacks turns you into the food they represent. That's their premise, but uh, the gameplay from this only seemed to be like, oh, I need a favor. Can you do this thing for me? You go do the thing. So I don't know. It's hard to judge from that. It's like, well, okay, your world is weird. Your song is on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> is is the actual gameplay loop itself going to be interesting? Because your world is clearly mad enough. But, but what am I actually doing here? And I think that may have come out, out off as a little bit of a disappointment so far. Mm. But, hey, bug snacks. Also, I'm not kidding. That song's just on Spotify. You can go listen to it. Really? <laughs> yeah. The bug snacks theme. <laughs> uh, Vader Immortal. It's a VR experience that is out now, I believe. Oh no, two days time. Two days time. Vader, as in Darth Vader. As in Darth Vader, yep. Did they already do at least one other VR experience that was all about Darth Vader? I think they have, yep. <laughs> He's definitely not immortal. I'm pretty sure he died in that last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got no idea what this is. This just look like you're doing some lightsaber ass shit. Um, right. Now, Zach had some news for me about this next one because I apparently missed this. But they showed some stuff about the expansion, the next expansion for Control, simply called Or. And I couldn't read from that trailer, you know, you, all, all you can really, all I could really take away from it is, that, yeah, that looks like more content for Control. Well, the so, problem about that was less about the expansion and more about the Ultimate Edition and relatedly the upgrade path. Because you may have heard that, like, 
with the new consoles coming out, people are like, oh, we're, we're going to have free upgrades or smart delivery for the updated versions for the new consoles and all that stuff. Hmm. Well, Microsoft have said at least, that, uh, that, well, at least the Microsoft messaging has been that that's an opt-in thing. Like, Microsoft will be doing it, obviously, themselves. Yeah. Where, where they can, but uh, other developers have to like feel like, oh, we're supporting smart delivery. But the key part about the concept of the smart delivery thing was it's meant to be a free upgrade. Mm-hmm. Buy then, once, get the right version for whatever platform you're on. But then what Control has done is they're, lim they're limiting the free upgrade to only the Ultimate Edition. So everyone who's already bought Control at release is fucked. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty crappy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, all right, that sucks. What are you doing, Remedy? Have they walked back yet? Because I, I haven't them. heard them to walk that back. <sighs> but that was that the last like... news that I heard. It's clearly like kind of ridiculous, especially what with the you know the DLCs just coming out, and the whole point of the Ultimate Edition is it has all the DLCs for people who hadn't already you know bought the game at a higher price at launch. <laughs> And then subsequently right. brought the, new, the DLCs. Uh, yeah, well, I guess this means a number of things. It's like, okay, maybe that the, this first version of Control wasn't built with smart delivery or any of that technology in mind, so maybe it is hard for them to pull off. Uh, like, with know. the existing like, game. The, but the like, Ultimate Edition can't be that different in, like, engine or whatever, really. You wouldn't think, would you? No. Or, so like, I, I don't know exactly about the mechanics of smart delivery, but a bit of me thinks it's like, well, at the worst case scenario, surely you can just deliver an entirely different version of the game if you have to. Mm, yeah. I don't know, it seems weird, and who knows whether they'll, whether that will actually, you know, whether they'll commit to that for real. Because this is still quite an early... I mean, the new consoles aren't out yet, so... <laughs> no, but I guess <laughs> it's still not actually technically happening. <laughs> I guess this is confirmation that Control's getting a proper Series X and PS5 release then? I guess. I mean, they've still, if they're still releasing DLC, they're still, they've still got time to make money off it, I guess, as the consoles come out. I guess it's not that difficult for them to make a Series X or PS5 version, right? Because what, what the obvious thing they'd add is the PC ray tracing, right? Mm, yeah, I guess. Hmm. Let's hope this doesn't. This isn't going to start a trend. Um, yeah. Well, you'd hope it doesn't start a trend because it's like, it's not just that it's bad. It's like it's really obviously bad. It's like it's not even subtle. It's just like we're just being dicks. <laughs> I mean, would they have gotten away with it if they had just said, "Yeah, we're making a Series X version, or we're making a PS5 version," and them not opting into smart delivery? If they had just put out the Ultimate Edition but only put it out on the new consoles, do you think that would have been? Or felt more acceptable. Well, it would have felt that they're more making... acceptable, certainly, but like... Yeah, but the fact they're making an Ultimate Edition that's coming out on current gen and what? next gen... Yeah, it's, well, it's the fact that, like, somehow. because you can... Because you could have... Well, and I guess you still can buy the base version of the game and not get the upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. 
Weird. I think I would have, yeah, I think I would have given them a pass had they just said, yeah, we're doing a Series X version, but it's not smart delivery, and it's like, fine, that's your decision. Yeah, because I mean, it's like, this seems like it's a workaround of they want to make money off the free upgrade. (laughs) Yeah. But like, if they had just released it as a different, as a completely separate version, we would have been like, well, that sucks, but, you know, whatever, I guess. (laughs) Rather than this weird hack that they're trying to do. It's kind of weird in the Xbox domain anyway, right? Because Control will run on the Series X. The existing Control will run on the Series X. Because of the full backwards compatibility. There's no guarantee of that on the PlayStation side. Yeah. But, yeah, they're in a really weird place with this. That's mm. All right. Dodge your remedy, or whoever's publishing the game. Whatever <laughs> choice this was. Yeah. Um, uh, Auto Chess is coming to PS4. Woo. Uh, the What's Pedestrian. Auto, Auto Chess. Ch- yeah. Uh, Which version of Auto Chess? The one that's just called Auto Chess. Oh, okay. <laughs> that okay. doesn't help. I think it's the one that the original creators of the Dota mod mm. that blew up. I think it's the one they went off and then made. Okay. Right. But obviously they couldn't do it with any of the Dota stuff that they were using for their original mod. Because um, what? We got Dota Underlords was the official version yeah. that wasn't made by the original team. And then you've got the League of Legends version as well. Oh, yeah, which I forget what that's called. But yeah. Oh, Team Force Tactics, I think. Yeah. I, I can't say that I understand Auto Jess. No. So I can't really describe it to you. Um, uh, the Pedestrian, a platform puzzle game that takes place on signage about the world. It's been out for a while. Has it been out for a while? Yeah, on Steam. Is it all oh, on Steam? Okay, right. Okay, and, I did not know. somewhere else, I think. Well, that's coming to PlayStation as well. Um, then we got a trailer for something called Hood Outlaws and Legends. That's you know Hood as in Robin Hood kind of. This, well, that's my guess anyway. I assume it's based around that mythology, like a medieval um, thingy. Yeah, uh, but I, it it looks like it's like a, a a squad multiplayer game of some sorts where you're 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 bringing a team into a world and you've got to try and get a treasure but there's another team trying to stop you or something something like that it wasn't hugely clear what it was from the trailer alone you're um, like wolf style like i am not a very bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go with that yeah. <laughs> uh 2021 ps5 game uh temtem humble bundles Pokemon MMO is Pokemon like yep. MMO is uh, coming at PS5 in 2021 as well. Uh, and then we got their sort of like their final feature, which was an in depth dive into Godfall. That for me, its only purpose was to confirm the fact that this game appears very dull. Oh, I. There's nothing interesting about this for me. <laughs> it's, it's like, 
Okay, they they are they they they're owning the the phrase looter slasher. So you know, I guess I guess they if you put destiny and maybe Borderlands into the looter shooter um, category, uh, okay. looter slasher is is they're trying to do that, but for maybe bloodborne or Dark Soulsy style combat. Except it didn't even look like that. It looked quite button mashy, hack and slashy style combat i didn't really get a feet, get a look at like there isn't i mean there might, there, i guess there's some skill to it but it didn't really come across in this thing and i don't know when they were said like oh here's some interesting enemies or here's a boss fight where the sound clearly isn't finished um because <laughs> nothing really made noise <laughs> it was really strange um and here's this interesting fantasy world and i'm like well it's Fantasy, it, it looks like a fantasy world. It doesn't look like a totally original. I don't know. It's just, mm. Everything about this just doesn't, is, is quite underwhelming. There is, there's nothing in it that just sort of says, oh, cool. It's like, uh, microtransactions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, in I the mean, back of my mind, I'm constantly going, Gearbox. Purveyors of quality products. <laughs> and microtransactions. And microtransactions. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love aliens, colonial marines? I mean, <laughs> come on. Or do you come forever? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, to be fair to the Borderlands 3, is seems all right. Yeah, but... yeah. Uh, but their gunplay was so janky, how are they going to manage melee? Hmm. <laughs> It just didn't look like it was really nailing anything to me. Like, like I didn't think the combat looked good. I don't think the flow of it looked good. I don't think the look of it was particularly next gen. I don't think the setting seemed interesting enough. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing about this says, yeah, that's a bit of me. I'd be interested if uh, there is anyone out there that's going, yeah, that sort of looks like a bit of me. I always thought Destiny could do with more knives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was the state of play. We ended on that. I'll give them some credit, though. That was a way more interesting thing than the Nintendo... Than the Nintendo Indie World. The Nintendo... They still haven't done an actual direct. (laughs) They still haven't done an actual direct, and we got this little twenty-minute thing um, of a few more indie projects going on. I'm not going to rattle through all of these because a lot of them we'd seen before, um, in some form. Uh, And uh, my my one big note at the top of this is this is a demonstration of a lot of poorly optimized games. (laughs) A lot of bad frame rates on show. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah. Poor old Switch. But it's quite hard to optimize for the Switch if you're not Nintendo, I guess. Well, not that okay. hard, but if you're indie, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. It's just, yeah, it, it wasn't a particularly great showing of stuff. Um, but um, here are some, some picks, for, or at least from my side. Um, chime in, Zach, if you saw this and have got any extras to add. Um, uh, there was Takeshi and Hiroshi, which is a game about a guy making a game uh, where you have to you have to basically tune the mechanics of the game to make your I think it was your little cousin or something like that who's who's playtesting it with you. 
Um, so you, you're, the, the, the idea is to try and tune the game to be challenging for him, but not but not difficult enough that he can't beat it. Right. Uh, and so you know that that concept alone is kind of interesting, but it's kind of got this um, uh, element of there's some there's some stop some nice looking stop frame animation going on to do the cutscene side of it as well. So you know while the actual gameplay stuff looks like a game. Yeah. The actual storytelling is all done in this, um, uh, I wouldn't say Pingu-like, but like you know, just nice-looking, real photography, stop-motion animation. And so yeah, look, looks interesting. Cool. Um, Card Shark caught my eye because it's a uh, it's a game intentionally about cheating at card games and getting away with it. What like real so like, card games? Like yeah, so like you're playing poker and it's teaching you how to apparently using real tricks, like uh, real cheating tricks to be like okay now you can hide hide this card up your sleeve and then or under your hand and it's about doing the sleight of hand at the right time and in the right way and uh, and things can go bad at the table apparently if you're caught cheating. They show some scenes where people get shot, <laughs> but it's all done in this like cartoon art style and it's like. I don't know. This actually looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Card Sharp. Card yeah. Shark. Oh, Shark. Okay. Okay. Apparently, that's a um, like a mishearing of Card Sharp. Apparently. What Card Shark was wasn't yeah. supposed to be Card Shark. No, it's meant to be Card Sharp. And uh, oh, weird. Yeah. I, I see. I hadn't heard of Card Sharp. Yeah, that's the old-fashioned term. Huh. So why we now end up with things like Shark Tank and stuff like that? Uh, I don't think that's got to do with cards, does it? I mean, what is Shark, shark like, Tank? But, but if like you're like a sh- version of, uh, of but if you're Dragon's like a Den, shark, yeah. But I know. I wonder if Card Shark is yeah. the start of why people started calling people who are like ruthless businessmen sharks. Sharks. Well, it's a fairly it's a bit of a leap, analogy, but, isn't it? But, yeah, but but maybe Shark Tank. Cool dragons. Um, uh, Evergate caught my eye at first because it looked like they're going for some of the. Uh, it's got the, the some of the aesthetic I think of Orion Will of the Wisps going on. Not nearly as AAA as that. Let, let me let me caveat that slightly. It's not that. Mm. Um, but it's it's a puzzle platformer sort of with that vibe and that you're a spirit in the spirit world. Uh, yeah, you're and you're quite small on the screen doing some platforming challenges. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, all right, okay, I see you're cribbing from it a little bit, but you are your mechanics are different, and your you know your art style is obviously different because you can't. You know, it'd be it'd be a hard task for anyone to match up to Moon Studios' level of art. But yeah, so I still looked alright, uh, and of course I can't I can't get past this without saying hey that goose game it's getting co-op mode oh yeah which i, I don't think is any didn't think i don't think it's any different from the main solo mode it's oh, just really? you can do it with two people but no, nothing they showed looked like oh i don't remember that happening it's it not like, like a new portal 2 style campaign i, I don't i don't think so <laughs> that'd I think be it's awesome just, just the same campaign just now you can play it two player oh okay I guess that would be like making a whole new game, but even so, that would be awesome. It would be, of course, yeah, of course, it would be. 
I, I imagine that makes some of the um, challenges or some of the, some of your to do list a bit easier, actually. Oh yeah, you can distract people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got more time to do uh, to do some of the things you need to do. But I imagine that'll be yeah. Um, the problem with Goose Game is it's about discovering the uh, the yeah, mischief you can get up to. Yeah. Um, so if you if you've already played it, I don't think this is going to be a big draw. But no, still. Cool though. In other news, another uh, news that Stanley Parable <laughs> remake or anniversary edition, whatever its actual title is, ultimate deluxe. Title. Ultimate <laughs> deluxe, yeah, that's been delayed. Uh, out of this year, was it yeah, delayed? Next year, yeah. Uh, Death Loop. That um, is it. A Ubisoft game? Yeah, I think it's a Ubisoft game. Um, uh, made by Arcane Studios. Um, that's being delayed in out of this year, so it's no longer a PS5 launch title. So you know, the Xbox loses Halo. PS PlayStation loses loses Death Loop. I think we've actually said that Halo has been delayed on the podcast. Have we talked? No, I guess we haven't talked. Oh, didn't that. we? Did we not talk about that last time? No, because last time was so long ago. <laughs> Oh god! Oh, well, let's talk about that then. Jeez. The big news then. Oh, which yeah. we missed. Okay. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. That's a that's a big deal. That's a massive, massive deal. I, 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 I yeah. It was funny watching um, Jeff Gersman get the news live on air or whatever, and being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> funny because uh, it's huge, isn't it? Like, um, I mean, it makes sense for Halo the game. But like for the console, it's like cool boy, PlayStation are stealing a march yet again. They were kind it's of hanging, scene. hanging on that. It, it's a bad scene for the launch, isn't it? Cause yeah, very bad. To be honest, I don't, I don't think either platform sounds like it's got it's going to have a strong launch. Like no, that, to be honest, like I mean that uh, seems I mean, to be a thing of a past. Like when was the like there a last like killer app on launch? That doesn't seem to happen these days. Just Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Breath of well, I mean, yeah, Breath of the Wild, yeah. Well, I mean, PlayStation had some visual treats, right? It had that infamous Second Sun, was it, or First Light, or something? It had one of the, it had an infamous game that had a lot of particle effects. Anyway, mm. that was just like, hey, this isn't a bit, this isn't a full title, but we did the pretties. Um, it had that, um, oh, what's it called? Shooter PlayStation shooter game that um, had that terrible tra- had that fake trailer for the yeah. second version of it. On I, PS3, I know the one you I mean. I can't remember its name now. Yeah. Um, With the had, British space Nazis or whatever. Yeah. yeah, British space Nazis. They had a, they had that that was a launch game on PS4, and it was a very pretty launch game as well. Um, so you know they, they they didn't have great games, but they had pretty games. Um, the X Bone had FIFA <laughs> and Forza <laughs> Five. Yeah. Um, well, Forza Five. That's legit. Forza Five was a good one. Yeah. yeah. But this, they don't have that. For they don't have that. They don't have Halo. No. They may have Grounded, which you could already play on Xbone in early access. Um, yeah, I'm running out of thoughts on what Xbone is at, or what Series X is going to launch with. That's going to be a killer app. There's probably going to be some third-party stuff, but that stuff's probably going to come out on both platforms. And it's. Meanwhile, with Halo itself, like, does that look fixable? I don't know, because it's like designed probably with years, you know, of development into being able to scale back to the Xbox One, which 
just mm. doesn't seem like a good choice and it doesn't seem i mean it's all cool in theory from the consumer point of view but i think in practice it's like going i mean it strikes far. me it strikes me that i don't think this was the plan for infinite when they when they were started making you think? it i don't i don't i think this was probably going to be like a bone game and then they were perhaps going to do an enhanced version later yeah but because it got delayed so long they were like right now we need to work on the series x version we need to make this across the platforms um yeah but then they're still kind of constrained by the yeah expo they're they're lagging behind a bit i mean the positive i mean the good news is it's like the delay is possibly the right choice in some oh, respects, yeah. because I, it looks like definitely, it didn't look like the Series X version had, yeah, as you said, as, as we said before with last last week when when they, we saw the trailer, um, they it didn't look like it was particularly next gen. There were no. problems with some of the gun models. There were problems with some of the lighting choices. There's there a lot were of problems pop-in. with some of the effects. Yeah. A lot of pop in in spots. A lot of really noticeable pop in some yeah. lighting movements that you could notice were done in steps. Um, some a hitch at a couple of points yeah um you know it wasn't it wasn't a perfect demo and it didn't and it, it just didn't wow you with the look and that zoom in of the bad guy banished oh, yeah. at the end was an appalling choice yeah because <laughs> it just didn't look good and um, also it's like well you completely failed to make me care about this character as well <laughs> which was yeah, the idea yeah. i guess at the end of that trailer yeah. Perhaps, perhaps you should have just had a little bit of Cortana voiceover or something, and it would right. have been better. Well, he wants he's they that guy might be marginally more understandable as an enemy than the dude from Halo Four, at least. The Didact well, yes. or whatever. The God, yeah, yeah. coming out of nowhere. I mean, they just yeah, they haven't done all that well. <laughs> three, four, three, have they? I mean, Halo Five is a great is is a. In terms of that it's multiplayer, Halo Five is a oh, yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed Halo 5's multiplayer experience. Oh, that's yeah. pretty Speaking controversial that, still. I wonder if if they're going to delay the free multiplayer because that was the other thing about Halo, wasn't it? The multiplayer oh, was going to yeah. be free and separate. I think they'd already said that the multiplayer was going to come later anyway. That mm. I don't think it was going to make launch. The multiplayer side wasn't going to make launch anyway. Um, so maybe it now is going to be at the game's launch. <laughs> It'd be weird if they inverted this and made the multiplayer come out. The multiplayer the comes out the first. <laughs> well, maybe that. Yeah, maybe that now that's the position they're in. Maybe they're like, oh crap, maybe we need to put the multiplayer out in some kind of beta form for a while to save a bit of face. I mean, Which is fine. They can, you can do that. You can put it out and just put huge beta tags over it and be like, all right. This isn't ready yet, but and also like theoretically, in in more constrained environments, it might not be so much of a hassle to like do whatever upgrades you need to do to those levels. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I imagine that's a easier cycle than you know the whole campaign. But the visual side of it probably still needs to go in tandem, right, with what they're doing. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Or the engine, or, or maybe the separate nature means they can do it separately and just hit it and. In bits and bobs as they go, I don't know. Anyway, I I think it's the right decision for the game. I think it's the wrong decision for the console. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, surely they're the one and the same, though, in a way, though, right? Because I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know what the best thing they could. What they should have done is not rely, put, placed all their hopes in one game, right? Yeah. Where's the Forza? Where's they could have put out? They could have done what PlayStation did, right? And like, was it one year they put out like Gran Turismo Prologue or something to be like, here's a. It's not the full experience, but here you go. Here's something you can have. Like using yeah. the new hardware. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a cool concept, right? Um, the prologue kind of concept. I don't know. It yeah, I mean, I mean, throw out, throw out Forza Eight prologue or something. It's just like a cut down experience that you could, but you can still drive around and still experience the. Um, put it on Game Pass, you know, do all that, mm. and then that builds up some goodwill. But you know, the Forza team are clearly not there yet. They're clearly not ready with this stuff because they didn't really show us any racing. <laughs> it seems I mean, like what they really should have done is like someone at Microsoft should have looked at Halo and realized that it wasn't ready yet. <laughs> like it, to the to the outside it really does seem like how did they not know that everyone was going to react like this? And unless they literally did like Just see it early enough or something. Like, Presumably were... the people that were forcing it to be shown were like well, presumably Not. it was like we're going to announce the launch of our console, and we know Halo's coming, and that's going to be our big game. So let's just pop on over to the three four three and get them to make a quick trailer for us. And then when they get the trailer, they're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but it's too late. Mm. Yeah, maybe there's a, maybe there's a bit of that. Yeah. I mean, this could be the last Xbox at this rate. Well, I don't know. It's it's not been. It's never been what Microsoft have. Their messaging has never been, "Hey, we 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 don't think consoles are going away." Is is basically what they've been saying. It's like they they like we may have these like streaming services now, but 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 Phil Spencer has always been he's always said it's like there's a there's a place for the home console. Yeah, I mean there definitely is. I think, and I guess he would say that with two new consoles coming out. Yeah, I mean this is the this is the other part of this that I think like messes up Xbox's game plan a little bit. Is the is the continued leaks of the Series S, right? The which everyone knows is coming. Cut, yeah, the half-sized, cut-down version of the console, which probably isn't going to be as powerful as the X, because that's a that's kind of a big deal as well, because that means developers can't necessarily target the higher spec. Yeah, exactly. So is, are they hamstring? Are they just constantly hamstringing themselves by worrying about price points? Here? It seems and it's that like way. surely they don't. Surely they don't need the Series S. This is the bit I don't understand. They don't need the Series S because in their cross-gen world of magic, surely the Xbox One X is the thing that they'd want to keep about. The thing that's already pretty high-powered, but not as powerful as Series X. Yeah, make that the budget machine, or. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit confused. I'm a bit lost in all in their strategy at the moment. I mean, maybe yeah. they just maybe they just think it was doing that doing it that way would have been too much like market confusion, where it's like, oh, this is the old console. I don't want the old console. I want the new console. But what if you had a less powerful version of the new console to replace the old console? I mean, they might be desperately trying to avoid the Don Matrick effect, right? Where it's like, yeah, we've got a product for that. It's called Xbox 360. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe. But again, if that if if their intention is to avoid market confusion, then their naming scheme has never helped them. <laughs> no, <Nope>. no. <laughs> PlayStation's got that pretty sorted, right? Just make the number bigger. One, two, three, four, five. 
Yeah, man, I don't know. It's messy. But then what's PlayStation got that I'm really going to be interested in at launch? Um, well, that's other than Miles Morales, yeah. not a lot. But, yeah. I don't, I don't, well, Kenner might be coming out, but that's probably coming out on PC. That, that is coming out on PC as well. I guess what they're, like... they're relying on is like, yes, there's Miles Morales and stuff like that, like which isn't like a massive like obviously Spider-Man was but this is like a No this is their thing. this yeah, is their yeah. infamous again right it's yeah. a, little, a, a smaller title which is kind of like um what you're talking about about having a um like a prologue or whatever in a way mm. it's that kind yeah. of thing which is kind which of is right fine. so I, a mix I don't, of I don't, that I don't, I don't think plus, it's a bad move plus patches for like Last of Us Part Two, right? Where that runs in 4K, oh, I guess. 60 or whatever. So that's yeah, the combination might... on launch because they don't have the titles. Like they don't have God of War Two, so that's what they do. Sure, kind of and we know, sense. and we know Microsoft are already going to be doing that as well because they've been doing it already because of One X. Yeah, um, and we know Gears Five, for instance, is getting a Series X upgrade. Yeah, that's pr- that's pretty much already ready to go. They, they, that was that was finished months ago. Oh, and the other one it's... is is uh, Cyberpunk, right? So the sure, Last of Us yeah. Part Two plus Cyberpunk on the at the, at you know with much higher performance at launch is quite good, even though there's no new actual games <laughs> for the console. No. Yeah, and, but and Cyberpunk doesn't. Well, that's going to be on PlayStation as well, right? So there's no yeah. differentiator there either. No, it's there's... just a patch, right? It's just it'll just run better, right? Presumably, yeah. But also PC version, you know. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, you can something, bypass... about, something about Cyberpunk strikes me as a PC game anyway. Oh, yeah, but... totally. I mean, but that's the thing about Xbox, isn't it? Their policy means that you can play all their games on PC anyway. So why buy a uh, Series X? Well, it depends. Depends. So, uh, because they're a third party, CD Projekt Red have to opt in to play anywhere. Yeah, yeah. In order for that to be a thing, yeah, but they're they're, um, they're they're just straight up a Steam game, though, right? But I mean, like the exclusive games on the Xbox, you should be able to play on a PC, right? Is that right? Uh, yeah, that Microsoft have said that all their first all their games. first party games are going to be on both Xbox and PC. So that means if you're worried about playing Forza Seven in a couple of years, then if you've got a PC, um, which you probably bought to play Flight Simulator, <laughs> you're probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably okay with that on Xbox. Series X Flight Simulator. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's true. Genuinely oh, quite tempted by Flight Simulator at some point. You well, can't I mean, buy... I could be playing it right now. It's on Game Pass, right? Yeah. You can't actually buy any joysticks anymore because they're all sold out. <laughs> Which is <laughs> going to be annoying when it comes to for me to play Star Wars Squadrons. Anyway. Mm. Uh, well, I guess that's coming out as well. Yeah, but that's just a small game. That that won't look any better on a new console than an old one, I don't think. Yeah, I didn't realize. Did we talk about the Squadrons isn't getting a full price tag either? It's no, a, it's not. The yeah. slightly cut price, you know, two thirds price tag. Yeah, I've, yeah. The two games I'm most excited about are Star Wars Squadrons and Tony Hawk's One Plus Two. <laughs> yeah, boy, <laughs> come on, baby. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm happy to wait, continue to wait for Halo. It just makes my decision if I want to get a console at the end of this year way more troublesome in my mind. Were you why were you was it get, definitely going to be Xbox for Halo? I was yeah, I was siding with Xbox. Mm. Um, but now I'm not so sure. I mean, my Xbox is the oldest console under my telly at the moment. Oh, so I see. Um, so in terms of cycles, 
Yeah. Yeah, that that's the one that could do with the upgrade because I think the, the if I play games on Game Pass for instance that you know like or indie titles or things like that they they clearly are now starting to suffer on the bone. Right. Probably more so left you know more so than other platforms. Um so you know in my in my head from that perspective the bone makes the most sense to replace. Mm-hmm. But it's always about the games, man. And I'm not yeah, so we're not there. We don't have them. Where's my Ridge Racer 6? <laughs> uh, you know, that was a 360 launch title. It was good. I mean, it was all right, but it was good. It's Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. <laughs> all right, what else we got? Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is real. A game with so many subtitles. Yep. It's have official. You, it's official. Have you seen the trailer or something? I don't think I don't know if they've put out a trailer. I'm oh, saying okay. that it's like, yeah, this is no, this is real. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what it's actually called. Okay, it's announced. Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. Uh right. Let's talk about Epic versus Apple. Yeah. Because that's a weird thing, right? I mean um, yeah. So this I all mean, start started because Epic are Epic, right? And they want as much money as they can out of Fortnite. Yep. Um, and Apple are Apple, and they want as much money as they can out of the App Store. Out of everyone. <laughs> um, so yeah, Epic Epic wanted to. They basically thought that think that the thirty percent cut that Apple takes is far too much. Which, okay, I can see why they would think that because that's the reason they started Epic Store is that they wanted to charge people less or you know that's the whole premise of people moving to epic store in some ways is like oh hey our cuts are way less than we anyone pass the else. savings on to you yeah <laughs> well all the developers. except they don't <laughs> yeah they, they pass them on to developers yeah that's true um so you know they're trying to save 30 percent is too much and they're saying it's apple's face um tim sweeney uh of epic supposedly has had you know tried to have email conversations with Apple, saying, uh, "Yeah, we we're not happy about this. We'd really want this to be down. Can we use our own payment providers um, within within Fortnite, please?" Um, to which Apple said, "Ha, no." Uh, no. Um, so Epic did it anyway, with a whole Epic... plan ready to immediately yeah. sue Apple with... and. And Looked and have a ridiculous marketing um, campaign themed yeah. thing within <laughs> the game itself. Yeah. Um, so okay, Apple they did it anyway. Apple obviously noticed and were like, "What the hell? What are you guys doing?" Delisted Fortnite from iOS. Yep. So you can no longer download it. Um, well, you can if you already own the app or you've already downloaded it to your account at mm. some point. You can still get hold of it that way. That's fine. Um, uh, yeah, but if you've never played it on on your iOS account or you're screwed, you can't. You can now no longer get it. Um, on top of that, they have begun uh, uh, cancelling the developer Epic's developer accounts. Mm-hmm. So Epic no longer have access to any of their Apple stuff because Apple have just gone. No, soldier, yeah. get out. We don't want you. Yep. Um, there for so, violating their terms of service, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Epic are suing Apple on two counts: one to stop them from cancelling their developer accounts, 
because they think that's unjust. Um, and I forget what the first suit, actually, lawsuit is about. Probably the delisting. To be like, oh, you can't do that. And it's like, well, and I, <laughs> I can't help but think Epic are kind of. I don't quite know what the logic is here, honestly, because it's, well, it's all terms of service, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I, I don't think they can win this. Well, the epic angle is the monopoly angle, isn't it? The standard, the, yeah. the same reason that they had the whole Steam thing where they're making the epic store is like, because you have a monopoly on the marketplace, you're charging 30%, but we don't have the choice to not use your, your system that charges 30% because you won't let us. And therefore, it's a monopoly. Yeah. They're timing this as well because they know that this kind of much bigger kind of anti-monopolistic uh, stuff is heading for the US justice system or whatever for like Apple and Google and, Google and Facebook well, and everyone. But that's the thing, but Google's a, surely Google's less of a concern because of like the Android platform does allow multiple payment solutions. You don't have to go through Google Play to get your apps. You can yeah. go through... Well, there are I other mean, with ways this Fortnite thing, they nearly got the same thing happened with Google as with Apple. But I thought Google, it did. Like, they retracted did get... it. Oh, did they retract it? I think so. I, I thought they got banned from the Play Store as well. Yeah, briefly. Yeah. I think they were. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was because Fortnite on Android had their own. You had to basically sideload Fortnite onto Android devices for a while. Right. Like with a rootkit or something ridiculous like that. There was there was. Uh, it was shady as hell getting Fortnite onto Android devices for a while. <laughs> yeah, but that's not related to this. No, it's it not. It was still the payment thing that they got taken down for briefly before Google was like, no, we're not going to. <laughs> we're just going to let you do it and not get sued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's all coordinated, right? Epic knew they would get immediately banned, so they had a whole campaign ready to go. <laughs> yeah, so the, that 1984... Uh, style trailer where I forget I forget his name like is it the tart tycoon is that what they're calling it the the this apple figurine right with an apple head and a suit tart tycoon the tart tycoon yeah and and so that's going to be the theme of the uh, of some some you know the, the 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 content in in Fortnite for a while <laughs> is the interrupting is... the current season right. The evil Apple uh, Corporation, right? Yeah, and there's 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 like content. There's this you know in-game content to to get around this stuff, including a real life hat. <laughs> you can get a real life cap with the free with hashtag free Fortnite on it. Right. I mean, it's the way they're trying to pull the public and all the Fortnite players into their campaign. It's like they're all bastards trying to make more money. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, like what's in, in the, a bit of my head is, is, is just like, okay, Epic, why do you need to do this? Your game is the biggest on the planet or one of the biggest on the planet. It must be make mega bucks. You put it on iOS so you could get a bit more mega bucks. And it's like, you're probably, you're still making mega bucks because you're getting more players because of the iOS angle. It's annoying because um, they've like, they're exploiting the same like feeling and concept as the epic store except this time it's not to the benefit of anyone apart from epic <laughs> yeah they'd be like we don't like this 30 percent cut we don't like this monopoly but the only thing that will happen is, i mean technically they are being like well no one should have to pay 30 percent cut on the whole of the apple store and then everyone will be better off but technically this lawsuit is only about them and apple directly <laughs> yeah 
Really? Yeah, that's all it is. It's, a, it's some sort of beef. And it could easily like, get completely settled out of court. Like, Apple could give them a specific percentage cut just for Fortnite. But that's the thing. They couldn't really do that then, because then that's sort of that's precedent, right? Yeah, but and that's then not Apple precedent. would have to start like, doing that for everyone else. Yeah, but they wouldn't, though. <laughs> that's why it's an out-of-court settlement. They'd have a behind-closed-doors deal with Epic directly and be like, you only pay this much, but this is, a very sp- this is a specific deal we're making with you. It's not the general terms of service for the Apple Store. Yeah, it's shaky ground, though. It really is, because it is, like, if that becomes public in any way, then that's precedent, and everyone, that kicks off. And then the yeah, app stores I don't, I don't think it counts as precedent in a legal sense. I mean, that's just a contract negotiation. <laughs> well, uh, no, not. In, I don't mean. Sorry, I don't mean in the. I actually don't mean in the legal sense in this case. No, it's not precedent in the legal context. It's precedent for the app store in general, meaning that other big players in the iOS app space will suddenly be like, "Whoa, hang on. Well, how did they get this deal? Like, we want a piece of that." Sure, and, and it just makes everyone unhappy. And then maybe, you know, maybe that will become just a whole hassle of contract negotiations for everyone, which, you know, yeah. is which that is worth what the, the Which is kind of the point in what, you know, app stores try and avoid, right? They don't want this negotiation. They don't want these lengthy time-consuming and money-spending processes. They just want you to be like, do you want to be on our store? These are the rules, go. Epic themselves have a store with that principle, <laughs> to, to, for the most part, yeah. As far as I know, it's like it's it's just bizarre, really. It's like I'd, okay, maybe maybe there was some argument on being like, "Hey, Apple, you need to reduce your thirty percent." Maybe there's an argument to be had there, but when it comes to the whole, "Hey, Apple, can we bypass your paint? Your paying you anything?" Yeah, I mean, who's going to agree to that? Well, they didn't, well, I don't weren't planning they, on them agreeing. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Think they, no. don't think they even told Apple they were doing that. Well, did they? They just no, did it, no, and then Apple were like, it. "That yeah. breaks our terms of service, and now we value." Yeah. Do you reckon the gamble is is that the money they're spending on the actual court cases is less than the money they will pull in from the people buying stuff in the game? As in, this campaign will pull in more money for them than the court cases cost. Therefore, it's a profit to do it anyway. I mean, probably, but also if they win, then they're going to make even more money from the less percentage. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just win-win from an Epic's perspective. It's, yeah, it's annoying. Whatever. And it's Fortnite as well, so... Apple clearly don't care if they lose Fortnite. No, because they got rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, what a weird... It's a weird thing. More to yeah. come, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we'll if, hear some more. And if Fortnite's history is anything to go by, more to come very quickly indeed. Well, you can't you can't get lawsuits to go any faster than lawsuits go. No, but I just mean like the speed at which Fortnite moves is fast. Uh, Ubisoft have been talking to a certain Brian Lee O'Malley creator of the modern classic Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, oh, yeah. Theoretically trying to get the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game, to, you know, be re-releasable. 
And it's like, okay, I'm not sure Brian Lee O'Malley is actually the guy you need to be talking to. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Universal that you need to have a beef with. But hey, it's a start. It was just like the movie license was the reason that had to be taken down, right? Yeah, it was taken down in 2014. So it hadn't been... I think it was out for like three or four years or something like that. And then before it had before yeah some license agreement expired and that was that mm-hmm. but there's a bit of a shame because i'm not sure there are many i don't i don't know do movie games get delisted frequently yeah i'm wondering Fairly like... frequently i mean there's been a few other cases i think mainly it's when when like they they don't want the old game contaminating the market when because I think there was like a Deadpool game that got taken down before the release of a new one to go along with the newer movies where right. they're like we don't want this old one hanging around and, and being all crap <laughs> <laughs> we want we want only the new one hmm. but I think that's in the Scott Pilgrim's case it was more just like the contract was just that long it wasn't like they took it they ended the contract because of a reason it was just like that was just how long the contract was but i wonder why they had a timed contract in the first place anyway because it's like like it's not like scott pilgrim is a franchise beyond that story right yeah it's like it's a film it's a series of books i don't think there were any plans at any point to do anything more than this so why was a timed contract necessary? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was. It it all sounds like it's on Universal, but yeah, it's all it's all them for some reason. But sort it out, guys. I'd I'd possibly buy that game again so I can play it on a modern machine. Get it on my PC. Play some beat 'em up. It's one of the best beat 'em ups. Come on. It might actually be the best beat 'em up. <laughs> Right, uh, I think we might be at the end of news, roughly. Nearly. Uh, nearly, nearly. Let's um, let's talk about Rocksteady. Oh, yeah. Those guys, you know, the Batman guys. They're doing the something. The Arkham dudes. Batman-y. They're making a not-Batman game. But also kind of not a Superman game, as was the rumour. Uh, it's got Superman in it, but it's actually a Suicide Squad game. Hmm. Called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's a four player co op shooter. Right, where you play as the Suicide Squad, presumably. The Suicide Squad, yeah. You can play as Harley Quinn, Shark Dude. I don't know the name of these guys. Boomerang Man. And uh, is it Death Shot or Dead Shot? Something Shot. Dead Shot, yeah, that's it. Whatever. Will um, Smith. <laughs> Will, Will Smith's guy, yeah. He's not Will Smith in this, obviously. Uh, it's a cool trailer. Got bombs over Baghdad in it. No gameplay. Not out till 2022. So, just a teaser for now. But hey, mm. Rocksteady, they're still about. They're still actually making something. It's been a long time since yeah, the last Batman game. It has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. And, that, and it's a shooter? Hmm. It's see. a shooter, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it 
kind of makes sense for them to try and go and do something different because also announced WB Montreal are making Gotham Knights, which looks a bit more like uh, the Batman games we're used to. Um, it's a Gotham City. Batman is apparently dead, and his four sidekick people are getting together to solve Gotham's problems without him. Hmm. But yeah, it looked more RP. It looked a bit more RPG and a bit less stealthy from what they've shown so far, because they actually showed us some gameplay. There's some bits there. It looks quite pretty. I'll give it that. But there's numbers popping off of people when you hit them, and you know, which I don't think Batman had. No. Uh, and and just say they didn't show a lot of stealth. They just showed like combat heavy. There's like looks like there's level markers above the enemy's head and stuff. They talked about how the game. Well, the, the bit they show, there's, there's some some slightly scary things in in the wording they use there, or bits that I don't know if I I personally like, but I'm sure some people might be like, oh, that sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, it was like, well, first of all, the when they introduce the gameplay clip, they say, okay, here's a little, here's here's a section that's about halfway into the Mister Freeze storyline, and it's like, all right, Mister Freeze, getting on board. Sure. This is maybe a dozen hours into Batgirl's character progression, and I'm like whoa, hang on a minute, there's hang four on. characters in this game, and you're saying this is maybe a dozen hours or so into Batgirl's progression, and you're halfway through a storyline. How big is this game? The characters level up separately, or like all their progressions go up at the same time. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a scary statement, the way it was worded. It's just a little bit like, okay, well, it's scary to me, because I'm... I, find some games with a huge hundred hour commitment or something a bit intimidating these days yeah i will quite happily still play yakuza uh, <laughs> let's let's move on uh, the, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and and yeah just the i don't know uh, maybe if you're only halfway through a character's storyline as well it's just like wow there's so much there's so much i mean that wording could also technically have been saying that this Batgirl we're using is leveled up halfway through her regression, but not necessarily that she would be at that point in that game. Necessarily. No. So they, so they then, they said then say something interesting also about the progression during the boss fight with Mr. Freeze, which they cut, uh, you know, so you don't see all of it. Um, then there's a bit where they say, it's like, Hey, you can, uh, well, if you level, as you level up the, the bad guys in, in Gotham level with you. So, all right, it's got, um, level scaling going on but it's like it's not it's not just that the that that makes you know the numbers go up or something like if you fighting mr freeze at level five would be very diff different from if you fought him at a higher level uh, because they will gain different attack patterns and different things like that and i'm like oh wow so you're are you telling me that if i played the game or played these sequences in a different order that i could potentially get a different experience than other players does that mean I'm missing out on fancy stuff during these fights because I went at them at a lower level or should I, or are they easier at a lower level because they don't have the same attack patterns or like, there's a whole lot of questions in that statement. Like, or are, are you saying that those fights are repeatable so you can see the other stuff later? Mm. I'd more believe that last one in fairness, but 
I wouldn't. I'd say I'd say you're repeatable in that you play the game again. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, maybe you new game plus it, and because you're at a higher level, you see different stuff in the, some of the fights. That's or you just play it again and play it in a different order. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just, it's an interesting statement though. You could have two two reviewers coming at it from a, a, from different angles, being like, "Yeah, but that Mister Freeze fight sucked," and then another player going, "Yeah, but mine did this." And it was really dramatic and cool, and I thought it was a hard-fought battle. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's odd. It's weird. And that's news. Well, and, you know, Nintendo announced that they're actually releasing Pikmin 3 on Switch. <laughs> Whee! That's good news. Oh, cool. I Except that. it's only Pikmin 3. It's not the the pack of all of them like people were kind of hoping it was going yeah, to be. Yeah, that would, would have been nice. But... On the, although on the plus side, it is Pikmin, it's Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which means you get the DLC as well. <laughs> so did Pikmin okay. 3 like rely on the Wii U touchscreen stuff? Or... A bit, but not like super heavily. Like It okay. should I think be it was fairly a... easy to adapt to just regular I... controller. Hmm. I think they handed it like a control option in the right. Wii U version, so you could use the touchscreen to do some stuff. Um, like, you know, aiming where your Pikmin go and things like that, or mm. having a bit more precision with the stylus, I guess, for some stuff, but uh, I don't think yeah. it was a... Uh, I think that... It, 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 yeah. I don't think it was necess- necessary for playing that game. Will this one have motion controls with the Switch motion controls, do you think? Yeah, probably. Because mm. I assume it used the motion controls of the Wii U as well as yeah. the touchscreen. Yeah, I've got no idea. Maybe. Well, that's good. I might play that. <laughs> I haven't yeah. played Pikmin 3. I've played 2 and 1, obviously. Yeah, exactly. I never played Pikmin 3 either. But I would have been way more enthusiastic about it if it was all free. All of them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm. Would have been a better package. Cause did they, didn't they, re-re- did they re-release the original Pikmin at some point? Did they do a Wii version of that? No, I don't think they ever did. That's why uh, everyone was assuming that the, when they did re-release them... It was going to be all of them. I mean, you would have thought that theoretically it wouldn't be. It's like, not, it's like it's not like the game mechanics have ever really changed. So theoretically, it shouldn't be that difficult to put all the content from one and two into three, essentially into the engine. Yeah, just, mm. yeah we'll just play it with a controller. You know, the standard controllers would be fine for that, right? Well, yeah, Nothing because you only it. had a GameCube controller. <laughs> back in exactly. The yeah. Nothing to worry about. Just do it. But, you know, they, they were probably more thinking about how, like, basically no one got to play Pikmin 3 because it was on the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very Nintendo approach to the Wii U, isn't it, at the moment? It's like, yeah, just put it out again. Which is why I'm surprised we haven't seen things like Super Mario 3D World and stuff get re-released yet. Yes, that continuing rumour about all the Mario shit that's supposedly maybe getting remade. Yeah, still, still nothing. And supposedly coming the end of this year. And there was also a recent, like... Uh, some shop somewhere uploaded a thing about Breath of the Wild 2 erroneously where it's like the pre-order page or whatever from Breath of the Wild 2 may have appeared and people are like oh does that mean we're going to get an announcement about that shortly because <laughs> that's usually how this happens that is yeah some supermarket leaks it like a couple weeks before the actual announcement or someone puts out a promotional set of Doritos yeah I mean, you would hope that we're going to hear something about Breath of the Wild 2 at least this year, 
not necessarily that it's going to come out this year, but we're at least going to hear something about it. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Nintendo seemed seem like it's like, no, we're fine just saying nothing. Until like a week before we release something, apparently. Are you not happy with Paper Mario? <laughs> come on. <laughs> News. Yep, that's it. That's the news. And now it's time for what have you been playing? What have you been playing? Uh, Zach, what have you been playing? Well, in an exact opposite way, I've had one. Of, I've had a week where I've played lots of things instead of not anything. Huh. <laughs> not anything Sweet. new, but still lots of things. Hmm. Um, where to start? I, I guess technically the what you would consider newest in terms of I haven't talked about it for a long time is I went back to Space Engineers because <laughs> I haven't played that since I don't know if I have played it since it actually re well I say actually released but it's kind of, it was hard to even tell when it actually released I haven't played it since they've been doing their like graphical overhaul where they've been remodeling mm. all the blocks and stuff and I also haven't played it since they put in like the new version of survival mode where it's more balanced to make it, you know, actually almost playable, kind of. <laughs> so that's what I did. I went back to survival mode and tried that out again. And this time, in this attempt, I actually managed to get to space. <laughs> Which for a game with space engineers, you'd think would be like quite easy. <laughs> but the trouble is, like, because the survival mode you start on well, you start in a dropship on the planet. Well, you don't have to. You can start wherever the hell you want because it's an option at the like say at the start of the game. But the the sort of basic version is you start in a dropship on the Earth-like planet, and then you you know you because it's the Earth-like planet, you have an atmosphere, so you don't have to worry about oxygen for you know just walking around and building shit, which is nice. But the problem with being on an Earth-like planet is that then you're then in this giant gravity well and mm. in order to get the hydrogen you need to fuel your engines to get to space you have to mine ice which you'd think would, would even be that much of a problem but that's not even that common well i don't know if that's if it's that common because in previous versions of the earth-like planet there used to be lakes except they weren't like water they would like ice lakes <laughs> they look like water until you fly right up them and you're like hang on a minute that's just solid <laughs> Hmm. But I haven't found one of those in in where my drop pod dropped me off in this save. I only found like an, a vein of ice somewhere underground. So getting a hold of the hydrogen to power the hydrogen engines was kind of awkward. But again, the actual problem with like the big problem with starting on the planet is getting out of the gravity well into space uses a lot of hydrogen fuel. So right. when I eventually made my first attempt to do that i was like okay build this tiny build basically the smallest ship you possibly can where it's just essentially a cockpit attached to some engines and like a hydrogen storage tank and maybe a cargo container and a drill so you can actually mine some stuff when you get to space and i've never done it actually done it before in the survival mode so i didn't really know you know how much fuel i need or how many engines or any of that stuff but it turns out that it, with this sort of incredibly minimal build, by the time I'd got to space, I'd used pretty much half my fuel. And I was like, well, I need some of this for landing, not as much, obviously, because you don't, you have air resistance. Well, you don't actually have air resistance. That's a whole other thing in space engineers, but you don't need as much to land as you do to take off. <laughs> mm. But I was like, I'm not even going to be able to spend much time in space. 
but luckily what I did find was one of the asteroids very close to the to like the edge of space has ice in it. So I could potentially just like build a little refueling base where you use most of your hydrogen flying up from the planet, then go to this little refueling base, refuel all the hydrogen made from that ice, and then go out and actually mine stuff in space. But it's just not very efficient. I, I feel like the, with the way the game works, you're it's almost not worth building a planet-side base. You might as well just move into space as soon as possible, which makes right. this whole system of planets kind of weirdly pointless. You, you might as well just start step. in space. Right. <laughs> it, it's easy enough to get a foothold just starting straight in space. Well, because it's because of the way the game, the survival mode is set up with the respawn ship and the, the drop pod and that kind of stuff. It it starts slightly differently when you spawn in space with like a different spawn ship. Right which makes it possible to survive that initial bit in space. Or at least I assume it is. I didn't actually try it in this new version of survival, but that's how it used to work. But it's just the... It's because of the weird way the physics works in Space Engineers that makes it that much more difficult. Because the gravity wells that are like the spherical gravity of the planet, it doesn't operate like real life. Like you don't launch a rocket from the surface of the planet and into orbit. Like there's no such thing as orbit in Space Engineers. You just have to go up until you're out of the gravity well and then you're just in zero you're just gravity. In, right. The medium that you yeah. move around in. Right. Which is why and then related to that the other problem with the space engineer's physics engine system is that there's like a hard cap on speed so you can only ever go 110 meters per second so you so when you're launching to space you're essentially like you fire fire your engines until you reach 110 yeah. then you turn off the engines for a second and then you start decelerating because of gravity and then you boost again and then you turn off again and then you boost right. again. So you're trying to like basically constantly maintain yourself at close to maximum speed but not waste fuel constantly pushing oh. against that cap. Right, because that's just wasteful. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's, it's a weird system it's and really kind of weird. awkward. Yeah. And also that's one of the reasons why you use a lot more fuel going up than you do coming down because since your terminal velocity is only ever going to be 110 meters a second, you could just fall back down the gravity well and decelerate at the last moment. <laughs> right, because you know it's going to be capped at that yeah. speed. And the air resistance doesn't really come into effect. You can make a parachute, so you can actually have your ship deploy a parachute to slow you down that way. But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird physics system that kind of makes the whole planet side element of that game seem like more of a hassle than just the space side. I mean, not having to worry about oxygen is definitely nice. Not least because the way you make oxygen and hydrogen is essentially the same thing, except while you would think you're taking water and you're splitting it into oxygen and hydrogen, it doesn't actually work like that. Mm. The machine makes oxygen or hydrogen and just uses up water. <laughs> right. Hmm. So yeah, Space Engineer Survival is it's definitely more stable than the last time I played it, and they've me recently done some adjustments to like the general physics of like how things collide and that kind of stuff that makes building, particularly building with pistons, a lot nicer. Because it had a really awkward system before where if you made like a ring of blocks and then put one block in the middle, and you were like, I could use a piston to make an elevator and just shove that block up and down. It wouldn't actually work because, like, the hitbox of a single cube was slightly larger than the actual 
cube grid, I guess you could say. So like a one one cube didn't fit through a one cube hole, essentially. <laughs> but they fixed that, so now it does. So now you actually can just have a, a one cube wide elevator fit in a one cube wide hole. <laughs> and that also sense. works for all, you know, all doors and all the other things where blocks move around. It just makes it a little bit more logical and easier to work with and less likely to spontaneously explode. <laughs> Which was always the problem with space engineers' physics. Where's you... the fun in that if things don't just randomly explode? <laughs> yeah, but it's not like fun explosions like in Kerbal. It's like really, really inconvenient explosions. Uh, okay. Where you've spent like an hour building this thing and then because you accidentally overextended the piston and then two blocks collided and then the physics freaked out and then the whole thing just flew apart. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh god, have I got to build that again? Which in the gravity well is, you know, Maybe you can at least go and grind down all the components and get the parts back, but it's well you can't like pick stuff up very easily and move it around without you know using a ship to like latch a landing gear to it and then <laughs> and then reattach it somehow. And in space, if something flies apart with physics, if it's going at 110 meters a second, you're never going to be able to catch it up, <laughs> so you're completely screwed. That's why you also don't get out of your ship while it's moving at high speed. <laughs> that sounds like good advice regardless yeah, well yes probably. technically so that was space engineers it was definitely more stable that was the main thing i was looking towards whereas like they're doing all these graphical updates which you know might have an impact on performance but the game definitely ran better than i remember it running not i guess it wasn't multiplayer which has always been a problem for that game but yes, Space Engineer Survival Mode is is what it is. Inconvenient and awkward, and sometimes makes you wonder what the like goal of that game was. Like, was it meant to be a creative sandbox where you just build stuff, or was it actually meant to be a survival mode and they just didn't balance it very well? Hmm. I'm guessing the former. Yeah, it does feel like it quite a lot of the time. So there's that. Uh, mm -hmm. I played a whole bunch of Forager again hmm. because uh, I haven't played that since there'd been a few updates to that as well. Some more like end game content added on to the progression of that game. The weird nuclear stuff and the void, which is this sort of endless dungeon run kind of thing where you just have to grind your way through tons of enemies. <laughs> so I played that again and in the process, I was like, oh, let me see if I can get, finish off these achievements. So I did. I got all the achievements. Yeah, cool. Which was nice. If slightly annoyingly grindy in some cases. I mean, that whole game is technically like about grinding mm -hmm. <laughs> and about like optimizing your grinding. It's almost, a, almost sort of cookie clicker-esque where you're like, at the start of the game, you're mining individual rocks and then you get a mining laser that does that for you and then you can build multiple furnaces and set those to be automatic so they just take the ore and convert it into iron and then you're like i don't even need iron i need steel so i've got more furnaces that convert the iron into steel and i don't even worry about that any longer and that's one of the things they had added on the ui side was like now you can set crafting stations to infinite so you don't you just set it and forget it after a certain point you're like i don't none of the things that i'm making any longer use just iron so i never need to worry about how much iron i have i just set it to automatically process that up the chain 
but yeah and then there was a couple of unnecessarily grindy achievements the void is the void is kind of funny because it gets to the point quite quickly where the game just can't handle it where it's just like there's just too many enemies on screen and too many bosses and too many like lasers for all your drones are firing all over the place and the game just can't oh. handle it and the frame rate starts to crash down it's quite weird it's weird, it's weird when you say drones and lasers because i didn't there's something about the look of forager that doesn't make me think oh it's going to be robots with lasers in it yeah, it's like the late game stuff when you get the drones and the nuclear, new nuclear powered buildings and all that stuff. It's like, it's weird how that game turns from like regular farming to ridiculous. Strange. Yeah. yeah. The drones is definitely the most overpowered thing. You just get a, you just get a huge cloud of drones that follow you around and just vaporize everything in your vicinity. You never actually bother mining anything <laughs> after a certain point. You just sort of stand near it and your drones just shoot it all. <laughs> And then there was the the last achievement I got, which was the most inconveniently grindy one, was unfortunate. Which was unfortunate because it's like it's a weird situation where the game systems don't go far enough into ridiculousness. Because like there's the achievement for getting a trillion coins, which you you like you use the lighthouses that increase like the drop rate of stuff. So you basically just surround an, a tiny island with as many lighthouses as you can afford. So whenever you kill a single enemy on that center island, it just drops like a million of whatever drop it has. Mm -hmm. And therefore you can sell that to the shop and get the trillion coins. That didn't take too long. But then weirdly, the longest achievement is there's an achievement for making a million coins with a bank. And you'd think, comparatively to a trillion coins, you'd think a million would be quite easy. But the banks don't have nearly as many ways to, like, you know, buff them, essentially. So you, so I built, like, 20-odd banks, and I still had to wait, like, you know, a couple of hours just for them to slowly tick up the number of coins. It's like, it doesn't quite go far enough into ridiculousness with the banks. Hmm. It's kind of but annoying. It, but it allows you to just make loads of them. Well, it, the way the buildings work in Forager is every time you build one of the same type of building, the next one is more expensive. Oh, so again, obviously, because you're trying to ramp up everything so much, that's not too much of a problem. But when you're building, you know, your 20th bank or whatever, they are getting quite expensive. Right, right. So yeah, now that I've got all the achievements in that, I'm probably good. <laughs> Don't need to play that again anymore until they may be updated again because there were new achievements related to the nuclear stuff so they obviously had updated the achievements as well and then always I, annoying when it's like oh i thought i just ranked or whatever this game and then and now yeah. now there's more achievements and it's like well bugger. I, I guess if they do that again in forager maybe i'll just load my save rather than starting over hmm because that's what I did, obviously. Because you always do. Yes. And then speaking of that kind of thing, Factorio released. 1.0. It's finally come out. Not that it's really any different from the last couple of patches, of course. They put a new little trailer out. I saw well, that. They put a new trailer and they redid the old trailer again. Not really, though, because the, the, the main sort of trailer has always been well, not always, for the last few years has been that one where it like shows the train going around and unloading something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All that. That's Runs been, over the aliens. 
yeah, that's been there for a while, and it's just been like subtly updated. Like every time they've done new graphics or whatever, they just re-record re that video essentially, hmm. the same base running. So that has been updated with the few different things that are in one point zero. But there's also a, another slightly different mini trailer. But yeah, it's it's come out, and there's a few new things. So I, I'm about to say, yeah, what was in the one zero? Well, mainly it's just like the last what made it done. <laughs> the last few bits of cleanup to UI and stuff has been mainly what's been different over the last couple of months of work on the on the pre-release. Hmm. There are a few, a, like a few little actually new things. One particular late game thing: this, the the old Spidertron robot. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got to that yet, obviously, because I've started over as always. But also the thing I'm, I'm doing now in well, A, I'm recording it, so maybe I'll be able to upload this at some point, maybe. Depends okay. on how I can get round to going through the editing process of speeding up the middle bit of the footage and all that stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. But what I've mainly been doing is the with vanilla with one point I've been saying and this video, I'm like, oh, I can play a vanilla run with no mods <laughs> for the purposes of the video, but also because again the one single achievement I don't have in Factoria. <laughs> the create 20 million green circuits because achievements don't track when you're playing modded. So I've never got that achievement for making 20 million green circuits because I don't play vanilla that often. So I'm like, maybe in this video I can finish that last achievement too. Maybe. Is that something you can confidently do in the vanilla? I don't know. It's like I haven't... Well, it's mainly because I haven't played vanilla for so long I, don't, I can't really like estimate how much green circuits i'll be able to make hmm. like i'm specifically thinking about trying to like build a base that is very focused on circuits like hmm. much more than i usually would because not you know normally i build you build towards the rocket and you build as much production for circuits as you need for that rather than deliberately making as many circuits as you can possibly so I'm definitely planning on trying to make a base that's going to just dump any extra resources I can possibly make into just making more circuits. And when I actually looked at the achievement tracking, I was like, oh, I've already, I've actually already made 14 million through any all the other times I've played vanilla. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not a full 20 million I have to make. It's only six million. But I don't remember. I don't like. I have no idea how many that really is. <laughs> hmm. I think the one other time I tried to make headway on this achievement a long time ago in a vanilla run, I you know, I made a specific factory for green circuits and all that. I think I made like two or three million in that base, maybe. I don't even remember it was so long ago. But yeah. Maybe that achievement will get done in a video, or maybe I'll just get a base that can theoretically do that achievement, but I'll finish the finish the like progress of the game way before that and then just run that base myself <laughs> right right yeah because i'm also while trying to get that achievement i'm also like well for the purpose of the video i want to you know go through the progress of the whole game in a reasonable amount of time like faster than i normally would maybe <laughs> <laughs> are you planning on editing the video well, I mean, you know, I'm going to try and do the same thing I did with the last time I uploaded yeah. factorial videos with the with the fast footage in the middle. Yeah, but that worked quite well. Despite that, it seems like I've been progressing faster than I expected. Anyway, oh, like I've I've only re I've only recorded like 
six hours, I guess. And I've got much further than I thought I would in that nap time. <laughs> Even though the speed run of that game is technically eight hours, but it was never going to be that fast. No. And when I say the speed run, I mean the casual speed run, not the actual speed runs. <laughs> the achievement for a speed run is eight hours. But real right. speed runs are like one and a half hours. Yeah, because they're like speedy. <laughs> uh, it's quite impressive, though, even for a game of that style. Yeah. Like, what, what's the, there must be some tricks they're using, I guess. Well, I mean, the obvious ones are like you don't have enemies for a start because they're totally unnecessary in terms of finishing the game. So you just never have to research any of the military stuff either. And then the map settings is just like you turn the all density and all patch sizes up to maximum. And then they also have a specific map seed by now that they've chosen for this for the hardcore speedruns. But it's basically you just spawn on a massive field of resources and then you don't even like have to go anywhere. Hmm. And because the resources are so rich, they never run out during the process of running the speedrun. <laughs> Which to me always looks hella ugly because it's just like I can't I can't stand building buildings on top of an ore vat. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever there's an ore patch somewhere I want to build, I'm like, damn it! Now I have to mine this out. <laughs> I have to build a bunch of mining drills and put a bunch of speed modules in there and put all that ore into a container somewhere, even though I'm not going to immediately use it, use it just to get that <laughs> just to get that ore patch out of the way. Clear up all this Tiberium first. Yeah. Exactly. Don't even finish the level until you mine every bit of Tiberium off the map. <laughs> <laughs> I built like 50 orcas with all that money. <laughs> <laughs> or just more Tiberium refiners, what are they called? <laughs> Harvesters. Harvesters, yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe that playthrough will get done in a reasonable amount of time, and maybe the videos will get done in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> I think maybe I solved the problem of my weird like video export problem where the slowed down footage was exporting really slow. I think maybe I solved that, but I haven't actually tested it yet. I did like a very brief experiment where I loaded up one of the previous videos and like tried re-exporting it with different settings. I was like, this seems okay. like it's running faster, but I mm. can't really tell until I do a whole video. <laughs> I guess you could always try clipping out the bits you're speeding up. Well, exporting I think, those and then re-importing them into your project. Yeah, I think what that was more or less what I ended up doing towards the end of the last attempt was that I was taking, because I'm recording it as the start section, then I'm stopping the recording, then I'm recording the mid section, then I'm stopping the recording, then I'm doing the ending. So that mid video is just separate. So I was just ta taking that video and then just doing that in a completely separate project, just increasing the speed exporting that and then using that video as into the actual into the actual edit and i think that was working better and it looks like these settings that i've changed might make it quicker again but again it's still like you're you're still having to process two hours of footage regardless so <laughs> it's still going to be an overnight export job <laughs> so hopefully that will start being uploaded in maybe a few days a couple of Ooh. days once I get through all that processing. Nice. And then apart from that, there was a few other random things that not much to say about. Did some Gungeon runs, did some Isaac runs. <laughs> Went back to Creeper World 3 for a minute after I uninstalled the demo of Creeper World 4 because I was in <laughs> for a little bit more of that. But, you know, maybe the actual Creeper World 4 will come out soon-ish. 
I don't think it's actually got a launch date, but you know, there's been a demo. That surely means they must be Definitely getting reasonably coming. close. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they pull a tank ticks <laughs> and, it, and it disappears off the face of the planet. Oh, and then I guess I only wanted to mention this because it's in the category of things I haven't been playing, but you might expect me to play, maybe. Um, I haven't been playing Rogue Legacy 2, even though that came out in early access. Oh. I was tempted, but I was I looked at it I looked at their like early access store page and I was like, I'm not sure I want to play this kind of game in early access. Like you want like the complete content in if you're yeah. going to play it. From from what I've heard about that so far, that the that currently what it is is basically Rogue Legacy. Yeah. And that the two is the bit that's missing. Well, the, <laughs> in the, some ways. It's like they've they've successfully recreated the first game, now they need to go and add all the new stuff. Because the store page was like, there's two and a half of the of the environments out of four. And I'm just like, that's... In a roguelike game, you want... The whole point of the run is to get to the end. And if you only have yeah. two and a half of the levels, then you even if you get to the end, that's not like an actual run. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like... I remember like when Dead Cells was coming out, that had a similar... Yeah, that's why I still cool haven't played was, that. Yeah. Although that's you know that's now done and good now, right? Dead well, Cells, but... they they they've been doing a lot of weird updates to Dead Cells. It seems from what I've been reading, like they they rebalanced that game several times even after it came out. Hmm. So I don't know what yeah, the situation couple, is. Yeah, they've definitely had a couple of big named patches, haven't they? Like this yeah. is the, so there's something something update. This is the, the, the... But yeah, I I definitely had a moment where I was tempted by Rogue Legacy 2, and I was like, no, I think that's the kind of game you want to hold off on until it's done. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, uh, I I hope it's. As I say, I'm a little bit disappointed in the in the in the language I'm hearing coming out of it, and that it's just that it's Rogue Legacy again. It seems to be the sentiment so far, and it's like, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I'm kind of hoping for. for like if you're gonna do two, make it uh, make it as varied as hell, right? Well, I mean, for like, the just, just trailer, add it definitely looks like there are a decent amount of new stuff that they're already showing, like the mm. stupid traits and whatnot, obviously. But also, oh like, yeah, you, you gotta have, you gotta have a, mechanics. Yeah. The, the traits are the traits are one thing, but like yeah, the the hidden, the linchpin I think for any roguelike is like have variety in your enemies and what you're actually doing, regardless of that stuff. Like the traits make it more interesting and more challenging, for sure. And it's another it is another wrinkle, but your primary thing is your enemies and your combat. I mean, realistically, compared to Rogue Legacy One, Rogue Legacy One had like an actually tiny amount of enemies, so theoretically, you shouldn't be too hard to surpass that. No, I guess not. <laughs> So we'll see whenever the hell that comes out. Add that to the list of games that I'm waiting for, along with yeah, like Subnautica, the expansion, not expansion, the weird semi-expansion sequel to Subnautica. Oh, what Sub Zero? Is that not yeah. come out? No, still not done. They talked because they, talk, they talked about that in the indie world thing. Like yeah, when Subnautica Switch, comes right? out on Switch, Switch yeah. it will get Sub Zero as well. No, it's still not done. I think huh. they might be getting closer because I think the last update for it was like we've added more of the story, like the, they're putting in the sort of the actual story and not just the mechanics. So mm. they might be getting towards being done with that. Yeah, weird. Yeah, I just assumed that'd come out. 
I don't remember when, because I remember on the podcast, I definitely said like that they said it was going to be a year, but I don't remember how long ago that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might be getting that way in fairness. Yeah, it's got to be at least close to a year, if not already a year. So mm. they're definitely due. And that's more or less all I did. Cool. Rob, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I'll stick with, let's stick with the roguelike thing for, for a brief moment. And I did a few more runs on Neon Abyss. Got to get your runs in. And yeah, had, had um, uh, I don't know if it's had a couple of minor updates or whatever, but I had a bit of a better time with it these, uh, these last few runs. Just because, primarily because the runs went well, but um, I didn't feel quite so frustrated by some of its mechanics this time around. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was because it was going so well. Was that um, just a coincidence, or have they actually changed something? Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I was walking over most boss fights pretty easily. Like, so I think I might have been just juiced, and and, and so you know, like doing a bit of progression didn't seem too difficult. Although it seems like the next, my next target, I might actually have to engage with the. Well, I don't know if it's a if you want to call it a faith system or whatever, where it sounds like I'm actually going to have to do like, um, uh, there are, there are chests here and there that require you to either complete a room without taking damage, um, and then pay crystals to, to gain wisdom. Um, or you can hurt yourself on that. You can, you can damage the chest, which will make it spiky and then you can hurt yourself on it to open it. Um, which will give you violence. Um, on your sort of morality meter. And uh, I think the next boss I have to take out, you need to engage with the violence system in some way. So I probably need to be violent on every level, which means costing you a lot of life, which is clearly dangerous. Mm. I'm never very good at the sort of run, the sacrificial runs in any roguelike. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, at least that's my assumption. I, I have to do a run and see how far I can get normally. Uh, I haven't played it since I've unlocked this thing, but it's like it sounds like I need to go violent. But the thing is, is I still haven't like upgraded, like gone past like the the light, the rogue light upgrade tree, past the first page, and it and it's like how many pages are there? How many runs do I need to do to get that original problem still stands? I think with it, and it's just like. God, it's going to take forever to unlock everything in there. It's going to take ages to unlock like any new characters. Like I think, I think I I may have access to one more once I've earned enough of the gold currency. I, I can unlock a third character. Woo! And there's like eight of them. And it's like, and I can't see, and I can't see the other characters because they're not on my upgrade tree that I can see right now. It's like, how do I get the second page of this upgrade tree? And it's like, I don't know. yeah, I, I still think that balance is wrong. Um, uh, especially as I may be like churning through the actual boss target content. I don't know. I don't know how many, how much there is, or how much more there is to it. But, um, yeah, I found a, I, I found a couple more guns that I enjoyed using. Was the, was the trick to those runs? Um, uh, so maybe maybe there are some good guns in that game after. Um, <laughs> after my some of my initial criticisms. I said, yeah. And I still think it needs more, and I think I think it needs to unlock stuff earlier, and I think it could do with a few more music tracks here and there, and I think there could be more variety between the actual stages. Uh, and I still think some of their enemy design is cock, and I still think some of their uh, sport. I the the one thing Gungeon does brilliantly right is the fact that you get that little window of time when an enemy spawns, 
you can see them coming in, you can get out of the way so they don't just spawn on you. Right. And yeah. Neon Abyss doesn't give you that. Things just appear and you can can bone you immediately. And it's just like, great, that's not fair. Mm. That's that's not good in a game of this type. I don't, you know, a roguelike, you don't know what's coming. To literally n- not know what's coming and not have the ability to do anything about it, that's something else. And it's, yeah. Unless, unless it, I don't know how it works in that game, but I assume it's not like set spawn positions. Like you always uh, know the enemies are going to spawn exactly there. I think may- maybe it is in some rooms, but they, so they spawn in one place. Like for like, there are some rooms where there's some waves. And like, so stuff will spawn in one spot, one spot, and then you'll defeat that, and then there'll be a second wave, and some, and some, some, some rooms have a third. Like those are almost always specifically the fight rooms where you have to, where they've got a neon sign on the front of the door saying this is a fight room, uh, and there'll be like, there's normally like three waves of increasing difficulty, and uh, but I th- I'm pretty sure those spawn points move. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, my brain can't remember it every time. <laughs> And of course, there's just the random placement that you walk into a room, and it may be a room you've seen the layout of before. But when the door closes behind you and stuff spawns in, because it doesn't spawn in just by you standing in the doorway and having a look, you have to be in the room before things appear. Uh, yeah, stuff can sometimes just spawn on your face at the, at the doorway, and you're like, "Come on, guys, hmm. <laughs> really? Come on, guys, <laughs> come on, guys." Uh, yeah, so I did a few more, few more runs of that, and that was okay. Um, been playing, obviously been playing more Valorant, still addicted to that somewhat. Um, I don't know if I, yeah, I don't, we might not have talked about this last, part, last podcast, but you know, we're in the second act now, um, which means they've added a new agent, Killjoy, um, who mixes things up a little bit. There's some different strategies going on. She's got little turrets and uh, area denial things that are, that mix up how you can, you know, how you fight against her. You know, one common strategy is that she's got this really irritating nano swarm grenade that is basically just puts an area of damage down yeah. for a while. Um, but you, she can leave it around the map and activate it when she wants. So what most people do with the spike is put a nano swarm down on it. So you go to defuse it and they just activate the area denial and it's like, <laughs> right. ha ha ha, you can't yeah. defuse it for a while and you'll take a bit of damage and now we know where you are. Ha ha ha. It's well, they like, always know where you are in your defeating anyway, but yeah, because it makes a loud beep beep noise. Um, but it's a uh, uh, yeah. So there's that, um, and, and her her ult is an enormous area denial thing where it's got like a, uh, I forget how long the countdown is. It's like ten or fifteen seconds. But um, uh, while you're in that zone, you're fine. But if the timer runs out while you're in that zone, you become detained which basically slows your movement speed to a crawl and you can't use any of your weapons or abilities for quite some period of time. So you're basically boned if you're in that zone when the timer runs out, unless you can get to the device and blow it up before the timer goes off, or just do as most players do, which is get out of the area. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it, it, it's changed the flow of some fights quite a lot because of that, because it's just... Uh, uh, yeah. It, it can really the, the timer becomes way more important in rounds when there's a killjoy about because it's like oh they can play for time way easily now they can just drop this thing down and then it's like oh now we're going to struggle to we'll get there and then have enough time to do the thing and sometimes they're just predictive bastards as well like they'll just put a nano swarm down where most people tend to plant the spike 
So you can be in the middle of planting and I'll activate it and I'll be like, oh, God damn it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> they knew I was going to plant there because everyone always plants there. Well, I mean, I guess that's, that is a tactic that makes sense. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. She's, I wouldn't say she's uh, like super annoying to fight against, but it's, it's, a, it's a wrinkle that, that can be irritating sometimes, if you, especially if you're against a good one. Um, but most of the time it's fine. Yeah, I don't I, I like with that kind of area denial and time limits, that definitely seems like a real problem for balance. Because if you even just if you think just how it works in Counter Strike, where you're just like the whole point of the bomb timer is to force you to go to it. Yeah. So you can fight. But then if you if you've then got this whole other thing where you can essentially fight people without fighting them, but also while the timer's still going down. <laughs> Yeah, that's a kind of a bit unfair, almost. It's double pressure. Yeah, you end you end up some in some fights you end up having two timers. To I fight. mean, you might you might as well. It's like we've got we've got the bomb timer, but we really need to turn off this detention zone before we can do the bomb. Yeah, it's like you might as well just have it so that if if that character plants the bomb, the bomb is just like half as long, <laughs> and then not have her abilities. I mean, maybe yeah. <laughs> well, that would, that would, that would be a terrifying ability. Yeah, half the bomb timer or something. Like maybe uh, you could like maybe the way to balance it would be make it so that if the nano swarm or the zone is like overlapping the bomb, the bomb doesn't count down while the zone while those are happening. Oh, that would be interesting. Because yeah. then they still can deny you from defusing the bomb, and they'll still know where you are, so they can come to you. But then you won't be limited to that type of it. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I wonder, if, I wonder if they're thinking about things like that. Yeah. Still, I'm still having good good fun with that. I've had a, a ranked up a few times, which is nice, and then immediately deranked a couple of times. I'm still positive compared to where I was last time, so that's a, that's a bonus. You haven't quite reached the full sign curve. No, <laughs> I think I, I'm at my happy place in terms of the competitive zones. It's like you know, I'm not I'm not very high up the ranks, but I'm having fun, um, so that's fine. Um, I still really want you to play it, Zach. I, <laughs> I, I, I just. I just think it's your bag. I don't know why. It's like, you know, you enjoyed Counter-Strike. Why don't you enjoy this kind of thing? Um, <laughs> that reminds me, guess what? It's waiting for an update on my Steve. Counter-Strike? No, Dirt Rally. <laughs> oh, Dirt Rally. I, I didn't think they were ever going to update that again, and yet somehow there's an update. Oh, is it another 120 gig monster? I don't know. I haven't tried to start it yet, so I don't think it actually is. <laughs> Damn you, Codemasters. Yeah, damn you, Codemasters. <laughs> or possibly damn you, Steam, for having some weird upgrade update system that doesn't allow you to upgrade partial files. Yeah, something like that, I don't know. Because that does seem to be the situation with the Dirt Rally games. It's like it, it can't update parts of large files, so it just has to update the entire file, which means it effectively needs twice as much space as the files take up. Where it has to download the new one and then delete the old one and then put the new one in. <laughs> yeah, that takes a ton of space, doesn't it? Do that sort of update. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, I played through all of The Tourist, uh, which was Shinnan's uh, game, uh, next game after Fast Racing Neo. Uh, which sort of surprised me by coming out on uh, Xbox and PC, and PC on, on Game Pass um, mm -hmm. a little while back. 
for well, I, I quite like fast racing. That's that's, and I've played was it Nano Assault, I think was their other game on DS. Uh, let's see what this is all about. Um, so the tourist is a is a sort of quirky puzzle platformer, I guess I would call it, but okay. light on the puzzly side, more on the just, and also fairly light on the platformer side, if I'm honest. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's more just all about wandering around and doing these simple quests and finding, just sometimes just finding what it is you have to do to make, to, to complete a thing. Um, not very complicated, not very difficult, um, for the most part. Um, it's um, yeah, it's 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 an oddly balanced game, is what I would describe. I like it. I really like its look. I think it's got a cool style. It's like everything's done in a sort of voxely or like you know 3D cube pixel kind of way, and it looks mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. Um, the, uh, the, um, uh, the the every everything's built out of squares, pretty much. So even like the wash from the sea is done in a with a square like pattern, and uh, uh, you know, the, but the birds are just flappy cubes, pretty much. <laughs> Okay, and then and a lot of things make like chip tune style music, that's style noises as well. So yeah, the seagulls as, as well are just sort of going but in a square way. It's kind of cool. <laughs> um, uh, and you've got like um, so yes, yeah, so you're, you're dropped off on in a little dinghy on Tourist Island, which is a it looks like a little beach resort. It's got this massive monument on it, and so you 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 buy a climbing book from the guy there so you can climb this monument, uh, and then you go in it and then you find there's a little puzzle in there and then you discover there's like oh hey there's all there's these there's these light there's these power sources you can get from all the monuments because there's an old there's a random other tourist who's like seems to be in the monument for some reason who tells you about this mystery of the monuments and you're like right. oh right, okay hook let's go do this um and then you find yourself in fake ibiza <laughs> having a rave on a beach <laughs> or trying to, trying to fix this like the first the first job you get pretty much is this DJ playing music but you're like I, I I noticed immediately that it's like okay he's playing some beats but they're not very bassy it's like this is a terrible sound system this guy's right. got yeah. <laughs> it's like that sounds weird and it's like so obviously the first thing you have to do is plug his speakers in and turn all the lights on because <laughs> he's an idiot right fix the sound and it's like the, then suddenly the, the, like all the, all the music kicks in and you've got this rave going on he's like oh that, that's great cheers mate it'd be great if i had some more tunes to play though no one's noticed i've only got this one on repeat and it's like okay great to-do list quest go find other tunes <laughs> and it's like and then things start branching out from there it's like oh you meet other people you find other stupid stuff to do um uh, where the game is like at its most puzzly i suppose is in the monuments themselves they all have a theme and they all have um, uh, like like rooms to solve before you get to a boss-like encounter. Um, uh, and this is where I think the game is like not at its best, honestly. It's kind of okay. the most challenging stuff in the game, and it's kind of the crux of the game in some ways. But it's also kind of the worst. Um, so like it's 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 hard to explain. There's there's one. There's, it, it's weird because it's like they. They almost immediately are out of the box style problems. It's like, okay, you have this dash run that you gain at one point that that, mm-hmm. that you can then jump off of to get longer distance jumps. So you go into this monument where it requires you to do dash runs to get about. But the first room you encounter has like a wall in the 
in the way. So you've got to do this awkward diagonal jump off a, off a platform that you can dash off and then angle yourself so you avoid the wall, and then, but not too much so you fall off the cliff. Oh my but goodness. then just enough that you would dodge the wall. And, and this is the first room in this monument. And it's like, okay, you're not really like scaling me up to the difficulty of the problem here. You're just giving me quite an awkward jump to do. In the very first, for the very first thing, and it's um, uh, and some of the uh, the rooms like that are just uh, in these monuments are just obscure, and like they're problems that they're just like, well, you haven't given me any like warm up to this. I don't know quite what I'm supposed to be solving here. One of the boss encounters in particular, I had to look up because it's just like I don't know what you're asking me to do here. There's a room full of, I'll spoil it because hell, it gave yeah. me enough trouble. Um, it was a room full of. Um, the monument was about fountains, and it was about putting blocks over those fountains to to block them. And when you blocked them all, that was that was the the thing that opened the door at the end. Oh, okay. So, so the boss fight for this particular monument had five fountains on the floor, and there's five blocks in the room. And you go, great, cool. I'll just put the blocks on the thing. Except the boss is this worm-like creature that's like constantly slivering around the floor, pushing all the blocks out of the way and pushing them off of the fountain. So uh, I'm right, like, how I'm bloody hell up. am I supposed to do this? So I'm faffing around for ages until I realise that there's a little pl- there's the raised platform near the door that I just thought was the way out. Right. Yeah. Um, when you stand on it and you stand on it for a little bit, for some reason the worm stops moving. And this is at no point explained why it would do that. It's just like there's no lead up to it. There's no clue to it. There's no like Zelda like, oh, hey, before you get to the boss of a dungeon, you've probably been doing the thing that the boss is about. Mm. Um, hey, lightning rods or whatever. By the yeah. way, you're going to be using the lightning theme. rods in the lightning fight. Yeah. You know, oh, OK, right, cool. There's nothing like that. It's like, why would me standing here turn the worm off? I haven't seen the worm no, before. No yeah. yeah, like why would you do that? It's such a weird thing. And then when you're up there, anyway, you've got to deal with the physics he's throwing, which can be a bit problematic as well, because it it requires you to be quite a precise shot. Um, and, you know, if one of your blocks accidentally sort of isn't quite lined up right and the fountain is still going, you've got to jump down and get that block, which, of course, starts the worm off. And so any of your other blocks that you've correctly thrown all suddenly get kicked out by this worm. It's like, oh, God damn it. Hmm. It's, uh, that was quite frustrating. But um, there are other puzzles in the game that I actually think are really clever. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a cool one involving fireflies towards the end of the game that is, is, is simple, but I think pretty smart. Uh, and you sort of you do it and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, that worked. That fact, and it makes you feel like a genius. And like, <laughs> that was what you were trying to make me do, and I did it. Great. Nice one. Um, uh, and then you've got other ones where it's just like, oh, it's a uh, it's a platforming problem, but because the game is so funny with its look, doing 3D platforming and making sure you're jumping with the correct perspective onto this tiny little platform in 3D, really quite difficult. <laughs> so mm. Like I can't, like, I'm jumping in front of the platform, I'm jumping behind the platform, and I'm falling to my doom. Yeah, and then you're making 3D. me doing this puzzle around. Jeez. Yeah, and then you're making me do a puzzle around which platforms I jump on and which order I jump on them so I can actually achieve what I need to. And it's like, oh, this doesn't work very well. <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting concept. It's just not executed particularly well. So there's there's moments like that in it. But then there's also moments like some of the mini games are great. Uh, there's, a, there's a retro arcade there, which has 
a surprisingly very good knockoff of Arkanoid. Okay. Like, they've basically just re like taken the you know Arkanoid, the the Atari game or whatever, or the Atari ST thing or Amiga thing, like and just made something that is super reminiscent of that, and it's pretty good. You know, it's a pretty good replica of that and how it looks and how it feels and how it plays. It's like, all right, this, this is just in the game, and it's like, cool, <laughs> I can I can play Arkanoid now. <laughs> Revenge of Doe. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what they call it. They didn't call it that, obviously, but it's a fairly decent approximation. And this is this this game about collecting dynamite and not getting hurt. Like that, that's also pretty good. And this um, fast racing, like, but as if it was done on the SNES kind of looking thing, um, a bit like the original F Zero. That's simple, and you know, actually not as good as the other two games in terms of what you're actually doing, but. Hey, it's there, and it's an interesting little extra challenge for you to do while you're on the island. And uh, yeah, it's short. It took me about five hours, I think, to finish it, and it's quite an enjoyable time, honestly. It's like, yeah, it has its problems and it has its flaws and its obscure puzzles here and there, but it's just quirky and off the wall enough, and occasionally random and occasionally mm. surprising that you're just like. Yeah, all right, cool. That was a neat idea. I like I liked what you did there. And it doesn't hang on things for very long. There might be a, you know, each monument, like the puzzles in it made a, a pretty one note. It's like, this is what you're doing in this monument. But then once you've done the monument, you're like, great, I'm never going to see that again. <laughs> yeah, you have solved it for all time. Yeah, I've done that thing. I'm not going to see that thing again. And I'm okay with that. That's, that's totally fine. It's uh, oh, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. Shinnan, keep doing what you do. <laughs> so maybe more towards the F-Zero side of things. Probably. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> if, if Fast Racing Neo came out on PC, oh my god. <laughs> I could have, like, it, it was pretty decent looking on Switch, but it's like, hey, with that resolution bump, oh yeah. I mean, Nintendo already gave F-Zero to Sega. They should just give it to these guys. Yeah, just give... just. Yeah, just let Shinnan have the full license. They they do a decent job. But maybe Shinnan don't want it because they already made Neo. And it's I like, guess. Yeah. And RMX. And it's like, that was pretty damn good. It's like, maybe they're like, we don't know how to make better than this. Well. <laughs> and, and, and I would understand that opinion. <laughs> yeah, but then you could just put an F-Zero skin on your, on your previous game, essentially. I'd still buy it. Yep. Sure. <laughs> it would work. Uh, the Tourist. Good game. Uh, but the meat of what I've been playing is The Last of Us Part 2, which I touched on last time. Ah, uh, yes. The big one. I have now got through that thing. Whoa. I've been binging it pretty much. Yeah, you must have been. I heard it's not Because it's long. Yeah. It's like over 20 hours it took me in the end. Like, well over. So, yeah. like, so it's long even by Naughty Dog standards. It's Yeah. Because Uncharted 4 was not, like, short for... <coughs> Excuse me. No, I think Uncharted 4 was perhaps a little overlong itself. And yeah. that wasn't anywhere near 25 hours or whatever no. this took. I think... And I think this is too long. I think Last of Us 2 is too long. And I don't, I don't think it... Um, yeah, because there were... <sighs> I've got to be very careful here because it's like... it's. 
a lot of the discussion I want to have around this game is spoilery as hell. Um, oh, okay. Um, so it's, it's going to be tricky to talk about, but I'm going to I'm going to say that there's there's a point in the game that is that turned out to be about halfway through the game where I thought, great, I must this is this is it. I'm getting to the the, the climax. I'm getting to the moment. It cuts to black. You're only halfway through the game. You've got <laughs> right. more to do. You've got that whole. You've got the whole time period you've just done to do again from, to a, do different again perspective. from a different perspective. Okay. And it's like, oh my god! And at that point, I was like tearing my hair out a little bit because it's like, I, mm, I think this is an incredibly well-made bad game. Oh wow! <laughs> Honestly, like I, I love the story. I love the writing. I'm not so taken with the overall story once you get to the end yeah, and you get to the you, finish and yeah, all that stuff because it's a big plot. It kind of falls into the category. The narrative falls into the category, which I don't get on with, which is a carnival of characters making terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, which is standard, I suppose. It's like humans are stupid, right? This is how we make stories. Humans make stupid, irrational choices. This is oh. where all story comes from. Not the best. But when the, but, <laughs> But you can make cool stories about like super ultra competent people, can't you? Yeah, like true. Star Trek, I mean, where they're all really good and they're trying to figure shit out. <laughs> this is, but anyway, my problem is is that it ha- I, I, okay, it has the Assassin's Creed problem, Assassin's Creed One problem, the Altair problem, in that there comes a point in the game where I dislike pretty much everyone. Yeah, <laughs> as a character. Yeah. And I don't want to be them, I and I don't want people. to do what they're doing because they're idiots, <laughs> or or they're just unlikable, or they're dicks, or they're just there's no, or there's I find very little of redeeming feature about them, and it's just like I yeah, I'm not. I mean, say what you like about Nathan Drake, like murdering a million people. At least he's charming about it, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a huge dissonance in Uncharted because of that, and it's like here there isn't that dissonance. Because it is what you have to do. The world is horrid, and yeah. the world is bleak, and there is basically no levity in this game except for some stuff at the start. Right. Um, uh, it's a it's an unfunny, un unenjoyable experience intentionally. Mm. And the last and the first game was as well. It's a hard game to enjoy, um, on purpose, and they achieve that. Yeah, great. It's yeah, like great, but having... it's a game that you want to play and have a bit of yeah, fun playing. Yeah, to, ha- to say I'm having fun is 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 not the right way to say it. It's like I'm I'm I was drawn in by the right the quality of the writing. I was drawn in by the quality of the presentation, and like I said before, it's like in the first when I first started playing it, it is a hard game to stop playing because it right. really does get its hooks in you Sucks and makes you, you want to see just well, what is going to happen next. Yeah. So it achieves that. It's like I'm not happy with the overarching stuff. I'm not happy with some of its themes. Right. I think it really. Yeah. I've I, I got to be careful with how I say this again, not necessarily for spoiler reasons this time, but um, I, I feel like the game has an agenda on certain topics that it really wants to cover. Yeah, and, for sure. And that agenda on its own, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, do not get me wrong there. What, what you know it's 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 a good it's a good thing to have more of in video games and in the world in general yeah um, i'm not against that side of it please don't hate me 
I just think it hits you over the head. A right, bit but it's not times. subtle about it. Just like, That's the, the entire, thing. It's like, come on. The entire game is kind of about this. Right. And it's, uh, um, or, the, or it's just in every storyline, there's a bit of that. And it's just like, okay, bit much, maybe. Yeah. Uh, like, be a bit more, like, your world is vibrant. Your characters can be vibrant and rich without necessarily all coming back to this thing. Mm. Um, uh, and sure, fine, you can go for it. But, you know, you've made a 25-hour game. Sometimes I need to be a little less... Heavy-handed about things. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, I have a few problems with that. Um, but it, it's, it's you know, it's a, as I said, it's a very good-looking game. It's got Naughty Dog's animation, which is occasionally great and occasionally a little bit Uncanny Valley. You know, so you know, you know what you're getting into there. It's got some really fantastic stuff there. There, there were times where I was looking at it going, I don't know if that's... In en- it's, de- well, it's clearly an engine, but I don't know if that's running live or not. Because there are times where like the presentation looks looks better than it did a moment ago. Right, suddenly, yeah. Yeah, it's like, wow, this looks really good right now. This animation is super slick right now. Where it's like, well, that scene a few moments ago, I'm quite so sure. Or, or, uh, or there's the odd moment where it's like, I don't, I don't, it seems like one of the hardest things to do in animation is smiling. Like yeah. realistic looking car- like human smiles. And there's some moments where it's just like, whoa, that didn't look right. <laughs> yeah, that does seem to be really hard. But I always think of that ridiculous um, you know, cutscene from that they kept showing from um Mass Effect Andromeda, you know, with the <laughs> <laughs> all the smiling in that is just insane. A lot of it's quite bad, yeah. Or was okay. it they always use the shot of your character waking up right at the start of the game and uh, right. like it, like super overacted like grimaces um let alone my face is tired um but yeah you know, i don't know or it, uh, my, my favorite for bad smiles is um d4 um dark dreams don't die which is you know oh yeah a, a weird game in the first place but uh, they they yeah they couldn't animate smiles at all they just look <laughs> they just look really weird uh, yeah, it's slick. It's mostly glitch-free. Um, I didn't have too many problems. You know, some of the visuals are outstanding in places. Um, even though most of the game has a very muted color palette, there are moments where it's like it's you know it's bright and it's interesting. There's a, a standout scene in a hospital basement where there's like red light coming through the um, the smoke of a subway that's like underneath it all, and it's all. So everything is basically basked in this red one directional light and it looks really cool. Cool. As you're going around. It, ha- it has moments like that where it's fantastic. Um, uh, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I've spent a lot of the time trying to remember whether this is better or not than how I found Last of Us 1. And, yeah, because uh, you were really frustrated by the stealth, I, I think, in the first game. I was really frustrated by the Much stealth. Much more the than the game. story or the writing or anything. And I'm still frus- really frustrated by the stealth in this game. Right. And I'm okay. frustrated by the normal combat as well in this game, which it throws you into periodically as well. There are sections of the game where it's like, you've got no choice, you're going to have to fight your way out of this. It's like, which is fine, but it's like, it has that problem. Like, okay, let's talk about the regular combat. Like, some of it is, like, it's claustrophobic combat, right? So you're like trying to, like, things are closing in on you. You've not got a lot of time to get your shots off. You've got to get your shot right. Otherwise, you're probably dead. 
and some enemies are one-shot kills against you. There's nothing, mm. there's nothing you can do about it. So you've got to get your shooting right. You've got to get it though. Things are coming from all angles, and that means you're going to get hit by things you can't see. You're going to get hit by things you can't necessarily deal with fast enough until you perhaps have played the wave a few times and you know where everything spawns so you go and find uh, a hole somewhere so where just... it's going to take them a bit longer to reach you right, so, <laughs> so you you've just... got a time to pop off your shots on them Jeez, and it's yeah. like okay this isn't exactly how i want these scenarios no. to go it's like i feel i yeah I, as you said i feel like i'm cheesing it i feel like i'm finding a loophole yeah um there are some combat scenarios where i think the uh, the area in which you're fighting in seems realistic it's just like which is fine from a gameplay perspective it sucks because it's like oh there's a dead end here great now i'm uh, dead there's <laughs> because i've got nowhere to run to like except right through this thing that's going to one tap me and it's rah so frustrating some of that stuff um there are plenty of times where i'm just like i don't know how to get through this bit because there's just no way um and, the, and Fairly early on, the game starts throwing enemies at me that are just like, this makes the stealth worse. Like dogs, for instance. Like the dogs. I mean, the first time I saw the dogs in the trailer, I was like, cool boy. <laughs> mm. Because they can sniff you from further away yeah. without line of sight. They can follow your scent trail unless you sprint around to break it. But of course, sprinting around is noisy and super visible. Mm. So you've got to deal with the dogs. You've got to deal with them fast. Um, but dealing with, they always have a handler. So you've got to deal with a handler fast as well. And doing that silently is pretty difficult. <laughs> as it turns out. So right. yeah, dogs suck. Um, sometimes the patterns of where people are just walking kind of suck. Because it's like there are times where you're just dropped in a scenario and it's like, there's no way to do this, is there? And maybe that's intentional. I'm not I'm, I'm uncertain about that. But I'm pretty sure there are moments where it's just like, all right, I'm on a street. It goes up the road. There's a wait. There's basically a line of dudes walking towards me. At some point, I'm going to run into one of those guys. But as I take out one of those guys, the guy next to him is going to see me, isn't it? How do I do this? Or uh, humans have like nearly infinite vision range as well. So if they oh, have really? line of sight, if they have line of sight on you, they can see you, which is great from a realism perspective, but super frustrating from a I have no idea where I just got seen from perspective. Because the game doesn't point out where you got seen from. It just goes, oh, right. you just hear the dang. Right. It's like, yeah, stealth stuff. is over. You're in combat mode. Okay. And it's like, what What? What just happened? Um, but it does that kind of, it has, a, it has an audio cue when someone can see you, but hasn't yet, no, it hasn't yet realized what's going on. It sort mm -hmm. of does this like airy sort of noise and it's like sometimes that just triggers and you're like oh god what's, what's going on i can't see the guy i don't know where to run to to hide because i don't know where he is and it's like oh, i find i find that really frustrating but that's stealth right that's that, that stuff i can forgive what i can't forgive is people seeing me round down corners periodically there are some sections where it's like where i'm hidden behind a wall and then I can the see the guy, because of the third person camera, I can see the guy in front of me coming up to me. And I'm like, great, I can just time a grab off this guy. This, this will be fine. This will work out. And he'll do the like, uh, like gasp animation, stumble back a bit and go, she's here. And I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> I'm literally behind the wall. Okay. How on earth did you see me? Um, and it's not just the humans that do that. Occasionally the zombies, I had problems with doing that. Um, the clickers who are blind... Yeah, like, and can only really see in front of them when they're doing their clicky animation. They'll sit there and go, 
And yeah. like then if you're in front of them while you're doing that, you're going to get seen. Because they um, use echolocation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've had it with them where I'm creeping up behind them and they'll just suddenly turn around and attack me. And I'm like, what the bloody hell just happened? It's like, you've got to walk extra slowly with clickers. I'm aware of that. Before anyone corrects me on this, because they can hear real good. Yeah. So just crouch walking isn't enough. You've got to crouch walk slowly. Mm. But there are times where they've just randomly turned around and been like, you're here. And it's like, why? Why did you do that? that? Really and there, there are moments where the runners, even the ones that the zombies that can see, have seen me, uh, you know, across a room over a, over a bench, and it's like, but I'm behind the bench. You're not supposed to be able to see that. It just, it just feels like the mechanics are inconsistent and break on me. Mm. And it's like maybe that's just my experience or my interpretation of what's going on. But I've played through that entire game, not really feeling like I have a grasp on the mechanics. Oh gosh, uh, that's yeah. I mean, did you feel that way about the first game? Like, you... um, yeah, I think some of that. But then some of that first game didn't have so many irritating enemies. Like, it still had stalkers. I think. Oh god, when it introduces the stalkers to you, the first room it puts you in. Yeah. I have no idea how you do that room without just immediately starting a combat sequence. It's like because the, the stalkers are super irritating because they, you can't really hear them, so you can't really use your superpower of seeing them through walls. Because you don't to, know to figure out where they are because... to use the superpower. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You you can use it, but they they don't really show up on it. They're super quiet. You can only see them little little glimpses of them occasionally as they may move around or stuff like that. So your your best option is to use your eyes. The problem is is what like there's this the one section it puts you in where you you're introduced to them. There's loads of them, and like almost every route you put you 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 have to go again. Like it's covered by one. You can see them peering around the cracks in the wall, and you're like, well, I can't go that way. They're going to see me. If I walk out in front of this area, they're going to see me. So I'm going to go around them. Like, there's this route around the back here. Gonna, by the time you get there, they've moved. So they're in your way again. And it's like, okay, I, I can't. How do I do that? So you, so you have to use a distraction tactic. But by using a distraction tactic, you're drawing them to your position. And unless you kill basically all of them while you've got them distracted, they're going to yeah. just block off your route again. And there are mm. certain sections where it's just like there's only like one way through or maybe two ways through an area, um, usually ending in a door that makes a lot of noise when you open it um, and takes a while to open. So you pretty much have got to have murdered everything before you get to that door. Um, and it's just like, I don't know if you guys thought this through or I don't know... Mm. I, I don't. It, again, it's probably me. I'm supposed to be using the traps. I guess I'm supposed to be using more of the molotovs. I'm supposed to be using more of the distractions all the time. But they never felt effective enough to get the job done without me then ending up in a terrible situation. In a bind. Yeah. Yeah. I've distracted you to this point. I've molotoved you to this point. Oh, but your friends didn't catch on fire. Oh, and they can now see me. Oh, I'm in a world of hurt now because the entire room knows where I am. <laughs> oh, bloody me. In fairness to it, I found the back half of the game way easier than the first oh, half. Oh, interesting. Do, you, do the other characters that have different abilities? Or? Slightly. Okay. They have slightly different equipment loadout is how that plays out. Um, and But I think that's more to do with the encounter design than it is with the the loadout and your abilities. I think there's, there's, there's just something about that back half of the game feels very different to play. And I had a way better time with that than I did the other times. And then, interestingly enough, towards the end of the game, it's you know, flip-flops occasionally between 
perspective. And when it went back, mm. uh, it was just like, oh, yeah, this is back to the crap feeling. Oh, I don't, okay. What, like, how has this happened? Like, why is it like, did you have two different teams designing stuff Could for be. one side of the game and one and one half designing stuff for this other character? And it's just like, it's weird, man. So, mm. yeah, I, uh, overall, I think it's a. Uh, it's it's showpiece, it's, and, it, and I'm happy it exists, but it's not for me. Yeah, which is fair, right? Do we I kind of knew that going into it to some degree, but yeah, yeah. I, I I can't say I'm enthused to play it myself on that basis. Yeah, I don't know. It's just maybe I'm doing. Maybe I just didn't get it. Yeah, but in, in quotes, but it's just like whatever. I just, yeah. Like, uh, which yeah, I mean, it's a stealth game, and I, I, I know historically I never particularly get on with many stealth games. Metal Gear Solid Five, notwithstanding, that was awesome. Um, I love Metal yeah, Gear Solid Five. Yeah, it's, it's one of the better ones. Yeah, I still think Zach should play that for some <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Yeah. Kept you waiting, huh? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Last, so I'm, glad, I'm glad I've done it, but I'm glad I'm done with it. Mm. I wonder what. Oh well, who knows what's next for Naughty Dog? But it'll be years anyway before we find out. But yeah, um, Uncharted is done, done. Uh, yeah, no well, one really expected a sequel to The Last of Us, really. So it's a question of yeah, they have yeah, to do something no, new. They didn't, didn't. And there's yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it sets it up for sets itself up for a third part, but I wouldn't be surprised if they revisited the world again. Mm. You know, the first game didn't really set itself up for a sequel, and so, and this one doesn't really. Um, or it doesn't. It wouldn't matter if they didn't, if you see what I mean. But they could. Mm. Uh, I don't. I, mean, I don't even think Uncharted's done. It will be done with Nathan Drake. But I guess they're doing a movie or whatever, are they? The, the, yeah, well, if that ever gets off the ground mm. again, it's, or is it's it a TV the most off the ground. I, it's been, I don't know where they last landed. I think it's the most off the ground it's ever been right now. Mm. <laughs> Hovering, <laughs> levitating <laughs> slightly, David Blaine style. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Oh, that's me done, really. That's, that, that was my time. Battletoads came out a couple of days ago, so I'm going to play that. Context switch. Okay, for next time, it's going to be Battletoads. Wow, it's been a long podcast. I guess we've had a bit more time. Yeah. It, how long week? Should theoretically yeah. have been like three hours long. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very slowly playing Halo. <laughs> That's all mm. I've got. And hoping to play some Tony Hawks. <laughs> I heard there was a demo like, that mirrors the original demo, but it's a pre-order bonus. So I, unless I pre-order, I can't play it. <laughs> but maybe I will. <laughs> That's really cheeky. Yeah, it's quite cheeky. I, I quite like it, but it's quite cheeky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what have we got on the tubes? 
on the, uh, the next part of Obra Din will be going up next. Yeah, check that out. We're we're sort of vaguely solving some mysteries very slowly. In the, the dumbest possible in way. In the dumbest way. Uh, <laughs> by looking at feet. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally <laughs> justified about that. I read a review of Over and Din that, that specifically said there's a bit where you look at people's feet and compare them. <laughs> so, oh, not God, only, really? so apparently that was the thing to do. We just we didn't even get that. <laughs> okay. We got but something we else for it. But we don't even know if it's the right person we're looking at the feet for. No. Like, like that may be a clue to one of them, but I'm not convinced it's our guy. The guy with the, anyway. Watch the video. Yeah, watch the video to find out. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we'll I, be I back. Did, I, I have to admit, I lulled when I was when I was editing it and or putting it together and saw the bit where we're talk, just talking about feet. It's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly feet based. So if you're a Tarantino fan, uh, check that one out. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks for another Salah cast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>